at long last. It's time for the biggest Hollywood event of the year. The 2018 Academy Awards are heading full steam ahead to the Dolby Theater for the Oscar broadcast on Sunday, March 4th. Nominations and ballots have been handed out. Tuxedos rented. Dresses bought. Red carpet rolled out. Champagne bottles will be popped. Vegas is taking all bets. And there will be snubs. Snubs! Snubs! On this extra special all-star edition of View the Right Thing, Wes, Steve, Joey, and Desiree all come together to hash out who deserves to win, who will actually win, and anything else worth betting on. Hey everybody, just a quick note before we get started with the episode. About halfway through, we lose the mic for Joey. Uh, it just doesn't come back. So she's going to be hard to hear for part of it. Uh, I, we apologize for it. Uh, hope you enjoy anyways. And now it's time for View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode. I mean, Dwayne's already done this part, right? This intro part. But yeah. welcome anyways. We should say one, yeah. To, to our, our special You, Oscar. the right Oscar. Yay. We could have started this whole thing like 15 minutes without even us knowing yeah. if it's entertaining yeah i mean yeah who knows oh, who knows no. we we do a little bit of a preamble before we get really get going and uh, there's a lot of alt-right stuff in, <laughs> in tonight's preamble not, was, not true there not was a true. lot of burping so there was a lot of there burping. was for the first time ever ever we have four people on this podcast dun, dun, dun. we've never had more than three before whoa and we've got steve hello i'm steve moulton you've heard me We've got Joey. Hi, I'm Joey. And we've got Desi. Hi. Hi. And I'm Wes. Um, but you probably knew that already. So we're going to talk uh, We're gonna talk Oscars. You guys want to talk Oscars? Um, yeah. Oh, wait. We... That's what we're talking about? I didn't know that's what this episode you did, yeah, I didn't prep at all. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the Oscars, we did have a request from a listener. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And unfortunately, Joey's just going to have to chill and watch us talk about it. She can no. ask questions, though. L-R. Yeah. Uh, Listen, a request. The request was to give a, a short review of Black Panther. That's good, because oh, I just yeah. saw it a second time. All right. Oh. Steve, second time Steve. That's, that's your new nickname. All right. Because you see all those big action movies twice. At least twice. Yeah. Except Justice League and... Wonder yeah, but Woman. Justice League doesn't count. Kind of agree with you there, but but wait, you didn't see Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman twice. Wonder Woman's pretty great. Amazingly, I did not see Wonder Steve. Woman twice. It's I'll worth tell it you why. I'm ashamed of you because Gal Gadot is so entrancing that I'm pretty much not paying attention to the movie anyway. She hits the screen, and I'm just like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> and then there's a guy named Steve, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> and that's it. Did you see Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman more than once? No, Joey? just once. I tend if something's in the movie, I just or movie theater, I tend to just see it once. All right, understandable. All right, so Black Panther. Black. Uh, we'll Panther. just give our quick uh, feelings about the movie. I thought it was a pretty, pretty neat movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it's weird because I don't want to give anything away. I don't really want the, you haven't seen it, and no, um, it's probably one you should. I know you're not big on the Marvel movies, um, but. I think you and I talked about this a little bit. Did we movies talk? never? No, we didn't. No, I meant. Did we talk about Black Panther in our pre-recorded episode we just did? I can't I remember. I think we kept it off mic. I think we did keep it off mic. So, 
my feeling about it is Des and I were sitting in the theater and I had this realization that as movie lovers, we hear about the these iconic movie moments like Star Wars or The Godfather or people lining up around the block or people vomiting in The Exorcist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we've never really been a part of something historic like that. Right. Uh, because, you know, I'm too... I wasn't old enough to go see Star Wars in the theater. And I'm even younger. And you're even younger. Uh, so... I was. Did you go see Star Wars in the theater? <laughs> like, do you remember Do you remember lines around the block and that kind of... Like, the, the first one. When did that come out? 80? 77. 77. Oh, that was the year I was born. Yeah. Oh. So, I was going to say... Um, <laughs> I remember You're technically lines. alive. This is, this right. is the first time in my lifetime where... I feel like I'm a part of some something of historical film significance. Oh, this that's is, great to hear. It feels like we experience something and are experiencing something very, very special. Pretty cool. Oh, well, now I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think you should. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, besides the fact that it's, you know, the biggest February opening of all time and the biggest black lit wow. film of all time mm-hmm. and it's the the biggest black, mate, like black director of all time and... Um, it, you know, it's just is breaking records left and right, and its content is significant. It's important, and there's a lot of um, really special, you know, messages throughout the film. I think mm. for sure, there's a there's a moment. I want to spoil all of them, but I yeah, should. there's a moment uh, in the film. I was actually chatting with somebody on uh, Facebook about this. There's a, a line in the film uh, where Angela uh, Bass is it Bassett or Bassett? Bassett. 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 She says, um, now now is your time. And it oh. felt like she was speaking to, to me, it felt like she was speaking to the, the kids in the audience. Like, nice. yeah. like this is this is our time. And I, I read a lot of people say, like, black writers say, this is our Star Wars. This is our wow. movie. This is our mm-hmm. first thing. And awesome. with combining yeah. that with some of the things that were said in the movie and done in the movie. And um, things that happened like days before the movie came out and sure. all yeah. that kinds of awful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really, really well made. Yeah. And um, a lot of really detailed thought went into like all of the tribes in the film are based on real tribes, even though they're fictional. Yeah, they did a, a fantastic job with all the costuming and the the set color psychology and yeah everything means something so there's like you know i won't i won't talk about the scene itself but there's a moment where there's three three characters from wakanda um in a scene together and the pan-african flag is green black and red and those three characters one is wearing all black one is wearing all green and one is wearing all red and it doesn't feel like in your face you don't even think about it I can't even think um, of what scene you're talking about, and I've seen it twice. But it's it, it's brilliant, <laughs> and there's and there's this you know I watched an interview with Ryan Coogler where he talked about how the movie is about tradition versus innovation. Yeah, and it's it's just so well plotted. It's so like the blueprint for that. There was so much going into it. Mm. It's very impressive. Very cool. Okay. But it's, but it's wrapped up in like a fun popcorn movie. Which right. is, that's yeah, the yeah. most brilliant part about it. All right, I'm sorry. I heard a really cool take on it, uh, yeah. which was just that uh, this is the first superhero movie in a while to just have humans fighting humans. And I sure. thought that was pretty cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, it's not a bunch of buildings getting torn down. It's like these guys have to duke it out with each other. 
And, you know, that hasn't happened since maybe Cap 1, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Wow, really? What was your... What was your so you, you said you read that or heard that. What was your take, though? I mean, I just... I enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm the Joe Six-Pack of the team here. I went in. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was falling asleep quite a few times, but that's because I was completely brain dead that day and had very little coffee. So the second time I saw it, I realized I really only missed one really important scene, but I kind of knew that scene was happening anyway. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of a code word I could say to signify that scene, it's but okay. yeah, it's not important. It's okay. But uh, yeah, second time was even better. Um, you know, like, sure, some of the tech is a little on the too fantastical side, but like, that's a minor complaint, especially in a superhero movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was... It was it was cool the whole way around. Um, I liked what uh, what went on with good old Claw. I yeah. liked what went on with... What is Martin Freeman's name? Is it Ross or Frost? Everett Ross. It is Ross. Yeah. Okay. And, I I, I, and I'm not going to get into it, but I wonder if they're giving us a hint about Interesting. a movie that is... Oh, he's going to be Vision, isn't he? <laughs> get it? <laughs> That's a six-year-old joke, ladies no. and gentlemen. Uh, I wonder if there's a hint that we're going to see that character... Cool. I, I mean, I, I think he signed on for at least one more movie, so he's going nice. to be somewhere. But um, I mean, Steve should know. It's Midnight Sun. Yeah, it's Midnight Sun. No. The one time I tried not to make a Midnight Sun joke, and your own wife beats me to the punch. I'll, Thumbs up to Desi. I'll throw a, I'll throw a hint that, you know, that people can think about. Um, I wonder if we're going to see Everett Ross in another movie, but not played by Martin Freeman. Oh. Mm, interesting. So I'll just let people think about it that way. Good. This. That's a good one. What's your you you saw the movie? Yeah. Yeah. What were, what's your takeaway? It was good. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think they did an amazing job with all the like sets and costumes and all that stuff and like you know, making it feel like it was, you know, this crazy technologically advanced city but it was still had all this like tradition. Like oh yeah, there's a very know. like African architecture yeah, buried yeah. within the very futuristic design of buildings. Yeah, you're you're right on. Yeah, I think oh that's did. cool. Yeah, they did an amazing job with it, and uh, yeah, all that stuff you guys already said. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, somebody who I don't I, I should look up who the actress is at some point and just really pay attention because I thought she was a standout for me. Um, the young woman that played Shuri, the younger sister. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's I, in the new uh, Black Mirrors. Is she? Yeah. Uh, I liked her a lot. I, she was my, every scene she was in, she was my like favorite line delivery. Um, and she was, she, her character was just a lot of fun too. She had one of the greatest, let's say, meme jokes. Sure. Yeah. In possibly movie history. She other had- than uh, X-Men 3. So the line, one of the lines that really stood out to me, what um, wasn't like a meaningful or impactful line, really. It just it just stuck with me because I thought it was funny. Was she has a line about shoes in the yes, in the film? That's and the I, exact one. Yeah, that's I really really that was hilarious when that happened, and I laughed I harder that. the second time. Can I take three people to task who are not in this room? Okay, well since it's not <laughs> us, saw the movie twice. Yeah, first time I saw it, my mm-hmm. buddy's like, "Hey man, don't you know there's nothing after the credits? Don't you know there's nothing after the credits?" And I'm like, "Bro, it's Marvel Disney." There's definitely something after the credits. Now, he was trying to get me to drive him away from there so he could get to his lady. Second time uh, of this, I'm also having to say I did not do that, and I proved him dead wrong. Because, right. of course, there's something after the credits. Second time I saw it, I'm with three other people, 
And they all get up in the middle of the credits. I'm like, you guys, it's Marvel Disney. There's something at the end. And they're like, really? Still? And I was like, what do you mean, really? There, still? Were, two, there were two credit cookies. Yeah, yeah there was the a middle credits. Well, yeah. they, the middle Is that credits. What they call one. those credit cookies? That's what they're, yeah. yeah. That's real cute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I, as far as I know, that's the official, like, real. Case. I like it. Oh, you looked up, you looked up, who plays yeah. Shuri? What was her name? Shuri. Is Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Letitia she was Wright. fantastic. She does damn good work. And her uh, her final uh, her final battle outfit is cool. Yeah, that's little, true. With the little chin. Yeah. That was cool. Um, so then my other three friends, the second time I saw it, were like, what? They still do the thing after the credits? And I'm like, yeah, of course they do, you guys. Come <laughs> they on. still got more movies coming out, we right? Have, <laughs> we, have like, we have like a giant, you know, epic film coming up in May. Yeah. Of course they're going to have a... You know that you know uh, the new Avengers coming out, Joey. She's, oh, oh, she's yeah. looking at me Avengers like she's not. Three. So, <laughs> so which is there's been a there's been a big arc that's going on from the start. Kind of started from the beginning of this. So they've been doing these the Marvel films, what they call phases: phase one, phase two, phase three. Phase three ends with a culmination of some big thing. It's going to be two films over two years. So, oh. so we get the first one this year and the next one next year, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be. It's Insane. every as far as we can probably tell. Now I haven't watched the trailer, but I mean I've heard a couple of things. It sounds like it's pretty much every actor that's been in the Marvel films is going to be in these films. Oh wow! Yeah, they did some so co- some like class class photo like a ten year know. Oh, wow. ten year yeah. reunion class photo where you everybody like, was freaking in it. everybody in it. Yeah, it was pretty wow. great. Wow! Even even uh, Clark Gregg. Uh, I don't know. It was all the all the heroes. The class photo was all the heroes. So you, don't you think know, he was a hero. Ant Man and you know. <laughs> He was Never trust a man with two first names. That's a fair point. I really like him, though. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. So that's that's our Black Panther thing. I think... See Black Panther if you haven't already. Sufficiently. If you're listening to this and the I Oscars did. are about to happen and you haven't been out to see Black Panther... I mean, it's not nominated for an Oscar, but... Get to it. I'm holding the mic for I'll be Des. one of those people. Oh, boy. Come on. I'm going to be out of town on the 4th. So I'll have to go see it in the next week. You see it before Oscar. What are you talking? You guys talking about when when Joey's going to see Black Panther? Yeah. Oh man, Joey's so behind on the Marvel though. I don't. I am really behind. Uh, So here's what I'm thinking, Joey. I think I think we should do. Just going to throw this out there, and you think about it because I know you're probably not going to. It's. I know you want you want to do the whole. thing. No, 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 no. no. What I want to do is I want to do specific ones, like pick out the ones that are important to the big story. Okay. Right. And then just watch just those. Okay. Because there's a there's a lot of like stuff that Sub. doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. And there's some stuff that's like super fun. Did you see Ant Man? No. See, I think you would like Ant Man because it's more comedy than anything else. I think. Okay. It's pretty darn. And it's fun. Paul Rudd. I mean, I love like Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah. If you like Paul Rudd, then it's pretty great. Uh, yeah. Ant Man's great. Okay. Thor Ragnarok was pretty great. Definitely gotta watch Fraggle Rock. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Fragglerock. I would go see that. Like a puppet version of Thor. Yeah. How do I get out of here? Well, you see, Thor, uh, you're going to have to talk to the trash heap. Nice. The trash heap. Remember I the trash heap? Yeah. all about the trash, the trash heap. heap. She's the greatest. So we have Fraggle Rock, uh, multiple the seasons on DVD. So oh. So Desi and I, we're talking about the trash heap. So <laughs> Desi loves the trash heap. So there's a, there's a funny episode. We still watch... Uh, Fraggle Rock every Saturday morning we would like get up and watch one or two episodes that's adorable and yeah we like rotate what, a, what we watch but. there's a pretty great episode where what was the episode about they were like it was a face your fears kind of a thing yeah because you know the like, Fraggles were like communists they were like hippie hippie dippy communists which I'm, I'm fine with whatever but 
not that I'm fine with communism. I'm fine with Fraggles being communist. Um, <laughs> They're fictional puppets, folks. Exactly. <laughs> they live so, underneath a house. Yeah. They yeah. Eat the the buildings are smaller creatures. Yeah. Oh, poor little dudes. They t- it tastes like mustard, you know. But they... The is that what it is? Yeah, it mustard. tastes like mustard, you know? That, it's it's like poor like little dudes. They, they live for it. Yeah. Well, yeah Remember there's true. like an episode where the Fraggles are like, oh, we have to stop eating the... The doozers buildings, and then the doozers get all sad because it like, ruined their lives. Yeah, because they have nothing. To, they have like nothing to live for anymore. That's their like, purpose. Why, why I've never watched this as an adult. <laughs> yeah, we need to start watching. The yeah. doozers' purpose adult. is like it's really interesting. Is to provide, is to build, and let let the buildings get destroyed and rebuild. That's their whole like. Their, that's their mission. That's their life, like, yeah. yeah, it's like the reason for we show being. Fuel each day we work in silence. So there's a there's a great episode where they go to the the trash heap because. Um, I think it's a face your fears thing. He's like, I, I you know, I, I, I can't seem to find what my, you know, what there's my like a, there's like a you thing know, is like a, like a legendary like you know creature thing, and they have to yeah. like find it and Ooh. and face it. And... and so the trash heap is like, you, you, you know, you've done it, you've you found it, and you just fought it. And like, <laughs> Desi, Desi especially yes. lost her mind. That's great. Oh my god, it still makes me laugh to think about it. You just fought it. You just fought it. <laughs> now I'm assuming she's saying fought it. Fought it. Fought it. As opposed to farted. You yes. just fought, fought it. it. She's saying farted. It totally does. It. Yeah. That's cracks awesome. awesome. Yeah. Do Doc and Sprocket make an appearance in that episode? Um, well, I mean, they make an appearance in pretty much every pretty episode. Much episode. Yeah. Good. Was Sprocket the dog's name? Yeah, yeah Sprocket the big the dog. silly dog puppet. Yeah. So my, That's great. Yeah, you'd always do the head side to side mm-hmm. head. So I have a favorite Christmas special, which is the Muppet Family Christmas. Oh, yeah. Where they go to Ma Bear's house. She's going to go to Tahiti, but then everybody shows up at her house. And and it's got, it has the actual puppets of the Muppet Babies. It was like the really? first appearance of the Muppet Babies. Um, and... Big Bird shows up, and Swedish Chef wants to cook him. And Aww. Um, he would be delicious. He's a gobla gobla turkey. Wait, yeah. there's another. There is an, another movie. Freaking out. There's another movie. It's a. It's. I think it's Muppet takes Muppets take Manhattan. That have the Muppet babies. That have the Muppet babies. There's in a. It. There's a song in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this is before <laughs> was that, that. Before this is before that. Oh, I there was a pre. Those old Muppet movies so they're so good. Uh, I believe it. Anyways, she she was going to rent her house out for the holidays. Aww. And the people she was renting her house out to were Doc and Sprocket. So they show up, <gasps> as do the Fraggles. Uh-oh. And Sprocket and the Fraggles come to an understanding. Oh, that's it's great. Pretty, it's pretty heartwarming. And then at the very end of the thing, there's a, you know, you know, they used to do those, like, post-credit things where they would all... All the, the cast would sit in front of the camera and they'd go, we wish you a happy holidays. They did that and it's Jim Henson. Whoa. And it's just like Aww. the most like heartwarming thing to see. That's great. That might have to be a new Christmas viewing for myself. I love it. It's a good one. It's hard to find. <clears throat> yes, okay. All those Muppets. Well, we talked about Christmas. We talked about Muppets. <laughs> we talked about, we talked about Black, Panther. Black Panther. Ant-Man. Let's talk about the Oscars. Stuff. All right. Let's get into the Oscars. This is going to be a long episode anyway. Because tonight belongs... To Oscar, there's there may or may not or may not be drinking going on in this room. Well, yeah, that noise was just me. Can I just say there totally is? 
okay. Should I just there, it? there may or may not be burping that happens. In the... <laughs> yeah, it's it's been on. So just beware, everyone. Also, we're gonna do some mild spoilers. We're not gonna go into like huge spoiler territory. We won't run any movies for anyone. But Phantom Thread is all a dream. <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, everybody. I didn't even see you know, literally Phantom Thread. Literally, no one in this room saw it. And I'm, no, no, Joey no, saw. Sorry, Joey I'm saw. the only one in the room who's seen Phantom Thread. Well, I hope I was wrong when I made that joke of a That's spoiler. why it was so funny. Sweet. Okay, so... Which so you, we should talk about the trailer for that and how wrong that led everybody. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a really deceiving trailer? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll get to Phantom Thread. So there will be some discussion about plot and things that uh, will be light on the spoileries, but just, you know, just know they're there. If you if you're wanting to win your office Oscar pool or be the most impressive at your friend's Oscar party, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. Or skip this podcast until you see all the movies and then go back and don't, watch don't, it. Well, I guess if you listen to it later. Okay, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna so I, I I organized what order we're going to talk about each of these oh, categories. Such a control freak. Based on well, I, I didn't want to do the big stuff like on this no, list, like actors first. You I know, know I didn't want to do that. So we're gonna do a lot of the technical stuff, kind of get that stuff out of the way. But, okay, but it'll give us opportunity to talk about these different films. So the first category on the right hand uh, column for you guys, about halfway down, is sound editing. Sound editing. So, uh, you know. The people, the Foley artists and the people who make the cool sounds that you hear in the movies. Desi, you want to lead us off with... Sure, why not? So, uh, oh, a refresher. Like last year, everybody gets to pick which one they think is going to win. And then they also get a second vote of which one they want to win. I want to change mine. So the the one they think... There's a, a score system in which the one... If they're correct about what they think is going to win, they get two points. And if you're if instead it's the one that you wanted to win, you get one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Des. And what if you're correct about both? You get three points. Nice. I'm uptight as hell about. Okay, that. sound editing. I the thing I think is gonna win, or that I put that I think is gonna win, <laughs> is a uh, Baby Driver. Okay. Yeah. Um. Boom. <laughs> uh. But I also I put that I wanted Blade Runner to win. Oh, nice. Because I, I mean, you know, it's like a futury movie, so there's lots of like sure flying car sounds and sure. you know, yep, all kinds of androids getting you know slimed out of a pouch. Let's oh, yeah, be sorry. I like that you, sorry, that you the, the slime get the slimed the <laughs> android coming out of the pouch. That's pretty yeah. good observation. <laughs> Not to mention that Elvis scene. Yeah, well, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, But, you know, Baby Driver, like, that whole movie revolves revolves around sound. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I thought maybe that might win it. Okay, Joey, what do you got? I put Baby Driver. For both. Yeah, and it's funny, you know I don't like the movie. Yeah. But if it had anything, it had choreography. And and it had choreography with its sound. And I think think if it's going to be noticed... For anything. Yeah. It should be noticed for that. <laughs> okay. I, I do think Baby Driver is going to win. I do think Blade Runner 2049 should win. Interesting. See, that's what I would have done. You want to know You want to know the most interesting you part about this is for me? Baby Driver for both? Yeah. Uh, I understand. I shat the bed. I don't. Well, you make it three points. I don't think, I don't <laughs> yeah, think either nice. of those films are going to win. Nice. Oh, I think Dunkirk. You're going to say Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is going to win. I think it's hard to bet against war. 
Yeah. yeah. Sound editing. Yeah. I, for for sound stuff, I think it's really hard to bid against a war film. Um, good point. I think besides just that, there's such a variety yeah. of sounds that you hear in the film. The different planes and the boats and the people on the beach. And, and the I didn't bombs see and... it, so I feel like a... Bane's voice. Yeah. Bane's voice was not in it. <laughs> yeah, I remember at the, at the end. He's I at will the, say... He's at the comedy club. Like, Hello, boys! <laughs> what one of you is Dunkirk? And they just no, shoot him down. No, <laughs> What? What? He, welcome to an episode with Steve Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked Baby Driver as the one I wanted to win because I, I do love the film and I thought... Beyond the editing with the music, because that's not really what we're talking about exactly, the the timing of like car screeching. Right, and, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not even the timing, but the sound. The, I think it's all choreography. Like, yeah, it is. It's a ballet. The whole, the whole movie is yeah. a ballet. I totally agree. I want it to win. I don't think it can beat Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk's. I, I think you're. I think that's an absolutely fair assessment. I, I'd be. I'd be happy if, if Dunkirk didn't win. In the, I mean, yeah, nothing against the Dunkirk fellas, but. Go, baby driver. All right, moving on. All right, no, Joey, in sound mixing. <laughs> so this is sort of the balance in the film. This I went to Dunkirk, both. Oh, interesting. Because I don't really know a lot about sound mixing. Sure. So I, I just thought, I thought war and multiple things, and uh, that's what made me think the, definitely a war movie. Yeah, and, I, and it's difficult to get war movies balanced correctly, so where... Is you don't feel completely overwhelmed by one like sounds don't feel like they just come out of nowhere. There's a method to the madness. You're, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're onto something there, Steve. Uh, I stuck with the same exact picks. I think Baby Driver will win. I want Blade Runner twenty forty nine to win. Gotcha. Cells interlinked. Interlinked. Cells. Oh yeah. Inter- Cells. Yeah. Interlinked. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. I I picked Dunkirk, and I want Baby Driver again. Oh, all right. So what if I get sound editing wrong for for Dunkirk and then I get sound mixing right for Baby Driver? So mine just flip. I can't. I'm not <laughs> I was trying to like skirt the rules. Like... Yeah. He lo- you looked at me, Wes, like I was fucking crazy. I was trying to understand what you were saying. I was like, what? <laughs> what she oh, my about? God. Okay. Okay. I was like, I thought it was a pretty easy to understand idea, but maybe <laughs> Maybe I made it too complicated. Did I make a it too complicated? more dense than we thought she was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did you pick, Des? Sound mixing? Uh, I picked uh, Dunkirk, I think, is going to win. Uh-huh. Um, I put, for my want to, and I put Star Wars. Oh, interesting. I mean, there's a lot of sounds. Cool I mean, it's, it's basically a war movie, if you think about it. I mean, like, there's a lot it's of... a Star War to be... Right, yeah. There's a Whoa. lot of battles Boom. happening. And there's, there's lots of battles. <laughs> there's lots of battles and there's future sounds. You know, like... Okay. like there's future there's I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Far, a long time ago, there's past sounds. Yeah, a long time ago. Come on. Technology. We'll say technology sounds. Got it. Like, space you know, laser guns and spaceships. And, Digi sounds you know, of the future. Lightsabers. <laughs> yes, I am a human. I am a human. Squishy, uh, <laughs> squishy animal milking sounds. Oh yeah, uh-huh. the porgs. Porgs. The porgs. Yeah. But so so. But when we're talking about when you're talking about the sounds yeah, specifically, or are you talking about the really? mix of the, the sounds? The mix of the sounds. Really I think there's upsetting. so much going on sound wise <laughs> okay. in the movie. I think you know. Okay. I think it's got a, a shot. All right. All right. That was two quick categories down, you guys. We haven't, we haven't gotten to the movies that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. Yeah. All right, Steve. Yeah? Live action short film. 
Uh, I pretty much threw darts at a board on this one. Okay. I think The Silent Child will win. Okay. Just because it sounds like the type of movie that a lot of people will just vote for. Sure. And I think my nephew Emmett should win because... Uh, you like Emmett Otter's Emmett Otter's Junk Band. Yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm totally thinking that same thing. So there you have it, folks. I haven't watched any of those. Those are my picks. I also have not seen any of the live action short films. So I just picked one that I've heard people talk about. As, you know, just was like, okay, I've heard people talk about this one, so I'm going to guess that this is going to win. And since I don't really have a good opinion about what should win, because I haven't seen any of them, I just made that pick the same. Just doubled down on uh, DeKalb Elementary. Oh. DeKalb? I realized that after I said all that that I hadn't said what the Yeah, I was like, was. and your pick is. <laughs> doubled down on DeKalb Elementary. Yep. Okay. Um, well, unlike these slackers, I've seen every single one. Just kidding. You're a filthy. <laughs> I was going to be like, single one. so uh, impressed by you're right what, now, fake guys. News. Filthy liar. <laughs> Literally not even heard of oh any God, of these. Rolled away. Um, oh. I went with, uh, from for both picks, I went with Watu Wote slash All of Us, because I don't know, it sounds cool. Girl, yeah. I think we're like four for four right now, wow. which is hysterical. Oh my god! So I straight up Maverick, so because I haven't seen him either, and I went all in, which is you know it's Maverick. I haven't, yeah. seen, I haven't seen my hand. Like and with I'm James going Garner, all in. yeah. Whoa, uh, she James garnered it. I totally James garnered it. Watu Wote. Watu Wote. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to say about it? No, because I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll lead off um, animated short film. I picked Lou because oh, yeah. I I think that's one I've heard the most about. Mm-hmm. The one I want to win, I actually have seen. So, and this one probably the only one Desi's probably seen too. It's called <laughs> Dear Basketball, and it is um, so when Kobe Bryant retired from basketball, he wrote sort of a love letter to his to the the sport of basketball and to his for his career mm-hmm. and sort of like thanking that and sort of thanking the fans and stuff and they they published it I think in the LA Times and we went and saw John Williams last year it was a really cool experience so we're sitting there and and he talks about John Williams talks about how uh he got a call one day that Kobe Bryant wanted to have lunch with him and he was like uh, I guess okay that's cool so he went to have lunch with Kobe Bryant, and the reason Kobe Bryant wanted to have lunch with him was because Kobe's kid loved the Harry Potter movies, and he knew that John Williams did all the music for Harry Potter movies, so he wanted to meet him and stuff. Hmm. And so they began this sort of conversation and a friendship, and John Williams has never been to a professional basketball game before, apparently. Wow. So um, so he didn't really have you know basketball things to talk about with Kobe or questions or anything right. like that. But Kobe um, told him that... He was hiring Glenn Keane, who is a legendary uh, animator. Mm-hmm. He did like he did Beauty and the Beast, for example, for Disney. And um, he's hi- he was going to hire Glenn Keane to animate his letter to basketball, dear basketball. And he wanted John Williams to do the music, and John Williams said absolutely. Wow! And so, anyway, so we're at this thing with John Williams, and he's like, "So, you know, you're going to." get to see this this short film we're gonna i'm gonna conduct the music while it plays overhead and to narrate it kobe bryant and kobe bryant comes out wow and it was so heartfelt and moving and real and i wish that it was available for people to just watch because it's it's sort of like all the things that you 
for sports fans, the things that you love about sports, the sort of romanticism that you have for sports and athletes, this sort of encompasses all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's very vulnerable at the same time. And it was just a, it was just a really cool. It felt like a really special thing. So did Kobe have to apologize to his wife again? Booyah, I went there. You know, Kobe's going to be mad when he hears this. Well, if he comes to my neighborhood, I'll take him to Jimmy's Burgers. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Des, what did you... Uh, okay, so since it's the only one that I've seen, <laughs> I picked uh, Deer Basketball. To win uh, and... To win. No, I actually picked a different one as what I want to win. Um, Interesting. So, Why? Well, I get there. I picked your basketball because it's the only one I've seen, but also because it, it was really good. Like you mm-hmm. know, Wes said, it was, it was, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a casual sports fan. I'm not like super into sports. You don't want to watch it when it's on TV, but you don't, you like going to games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't I haven't, I don't really follow like professional basketball. That's my fault. Probably. <laughs> well, yeah, because you got pissed off that the Sonics left Seattle, and you were like, um, "I'll never watch baseball again." Basketball. I'll watch baseball. <laughs> I mean, basketball. Yeah, I will. I refuse. I refuse to become a basketball <laughs> fan again until the baseball. the Super Sonics return to Seattle. Yeah. Wow. So we don't really watch basketball in our household. <laughs> Wait. You only watch baseball in your house. We only watch baseball. Football. We watch football. We watch football. What's football? What's yeah, <laughs> football? Just we have a divided crazy. household when it comes to football. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're not. It's very. Conti- it's very contentious. It is, it's really? not. It's not. No. It's not that contentious. <laughs> it's uh, Seahawks, which is my team, the best team, and, uh, and the my team, which Stinky is the Packers. actual best team, the Packers. Whoa, we're all uh, uh. later, you guys. Later, you guys. I'll send you guys photos of I'm, Desi. I, I'm from Chicago, so I'm a Bears fan. Oh yeah. Right. Later, later, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send you some photos of a completely destroyed Desi watching the Seahawks get, destroy the Packers. Nice. It I'm is, like literally crying into my cheese hat. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I get to do this. Oh. Yeah, Seven Super care. Bowl rings. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Seven yeah. rings. All anyway. in my all in my home state. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't pay attention. I'm, well, Six I guess the they, Steelers won for them Eagles. Yeah, Finally. Eagles. Yeah. Finally. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm not like a super I I I love sports as a group activity. Like, I was a cheerleader, and I love going to games, and I love, like, the atmosphere of, like, the, you know, the camaraderie, camaraderie yeah. of, like, cheering you for your team in person. It, but, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily, like, checking the scores on, or, play, you know, doing fantasy football or yeah. anything like that. Um, so, it was seeing the perspective of the sport from someone who plays it in a way that was very accessible, mm-hmm. and it was, you know... You totally understood movie. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, and the animation's really good. And obviously the music's good because it's... It's John freaking Williams. John Williams, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't really go wrong there. Uh, now he did the music for Mac and Me, right? Steve. Oh <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> what isn't wrong with you? Have you ever seen that bit that Paul Rudd does? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every the time. Ant-Man was pretty good. Every so time. funny. And I'll watch it over and over and <laughs> over again. 
A movie written by Coca-Cola. Okay, so what was the one you picked? <laughs> okay, so the one that I picked for my want to win, um, hmm. I, I picked because of the title. I don't know that this is what it's about, but it sounds like it could be maybe a you know socially relevant topic right now. I picked um, Revolting Rhymes. Oh. Okay. Um, like I said, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Do you think it's about ones, dirty so. limericks? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> That's totally relevant right now. It's not, it's not dirty country, Wes. Dirty country. Oh, boy. Dirty country. Um, you think it's about rap? I think, I think it's about probably rap and, like, you know, socially relevant. All right, listeners, educate topics. us because we don't know. Because I literally have no idea. I'm just a total shot in the dark. If you know um, what Revolting Rhymes is about, tweet that's at VTRT Movies. Yes, please. Yeah, do it. For the love of God, tweet us. <laughs> All right, Joey, what do you got? Uh, it's not interesting because, again, I maverick to this one. I just went with negative space because that's how I felt about this entire category because oh. I didn't see anything. I love negative space as a concept. Oh, yeah. I worked on a, a film called Negative Space. Was it this Did you really? Was it college? Yeah. Was that? Was no, I it was here. Around? That was here. Oh, it was here. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, you doubled down on that guy? doubled down on that guy. All righty. There we are. I think Dear Basketball is going to win. Ooh. I had absolutely no idea what it was about until you just explained it. Okay. But I figure it is basketball season. <laughs> it's true. It is basketball and we season. we do live in Laker City. So, you know, probably a lot of Lakers fans in the academy. And then, uh, <laughs> but I want... What I want to win Sorry. is Lou. Lou. Because I have an aunt who goes by Lou. Okay. I love that name. Lou. Lou. Yeah. The na- and Louise. Yeah. Good old Lou. All right. Next topic. Next. Documentary category? short subject. And we're oh. going to start with Steve. You jumped way far around. There it is. Yeah, it's just to the left. Documentary short subject. Subject, I think heroin, spelled both ways, is going to win. And uh, I have no idea why. I'm just throwing darts at the board again. I figured, hey, it's about heroin. Heroin's a big problem. I bet a lot of people watched it. And I think knife skills should win because I have sweet knife skills. (laughs) Okay. I've seen neither movie. All right. Joey. I doubled down on knife skills. Knife skills. Because I want some. Gotta get those nice skills. All right. I doubled down. This may come as a shock to anyone who lives in LA. <laughs> Heaven is a traffic jam oh. on the 405. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Uh, I, I doubled down on it because um, just wishful thinking. Sure. I, I wish it was Heaven. It's really the opposite of Heaven. Right. But, Especially if you drive stick. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I drive the, on the 405 sometimes, which is normally like you avoid it at all costs. Yep. But because I have a clean air vehicle, I get HOV stickers so yeah. I can drive in the carpool lane, it's which makes nice. it not quite as bad. Hey, look, right. you know what, Joey? If you cared about the environment, maybe you'd have a different opinion. <laughs> I'm just an asshole. Joey Joey's leaving. I'm trying to find an ice cube. Don't go, to, don't go to the bathroom with your mic pack on. <laughs> She's stepping out. We're going to hear her. So the listeners are going to hear Joey opening the fridge. I also really like to um, crank up my jams and sing like super animatedly when I'm stuck in traffic on the 405. Just hoping that maybe I'll make somebody else's day a little bit better. You might wind up in a viral video. You're right. Yeah. I'm watching the uh, 
the audio meter for Joey getting ice in the other room is pretty, pretty <laughs> funny. Oh, oh, that ice really. She just brought up. the whole ice thing in here. <laughs> we're, so we're watching your little audio meter go. Here. I was trying not to be loud. Speaking oh, of look, ice, even I just like, to what's go going to the on? For ice the his head out. Steve's in a new movie. Okay, ice no, no, the movie. Here, Check here. it out. By the time you're hearing this episode, ice will be available on Amazon in just a few. Wait, days. you're in a movie called Ice. That's. Ice, Ice the, movie. the movie. Like fart the movie. <laughs> sort of, but about they have the same plot. Oh, bird. What if they were? That would be, be sad. Funny. No, this is about Olympic figure skating hopefuls. Okay. They are good. Uh, you know, it's interesting you picked uh, Heaven is Traffic Jam. There's two traffic titles. Mm-hmm. There are two traffic titles. You could have hedged titles. your bets with the traffic titles. I could have, but I, I went spe- specifically with the 405 only because I know how shitty it is. It's real shitty. Um, once again, right. I I went with the talk because I haven't seen any you tearing things over there. The talk, oh, jeez, the 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 talk on the talk in the town. Oh, Edith and Eddie. Edith and Eddie. Not it's not about the famous dry cleaner in Burbank. Right? <laughs> no, that that's Milt and Edie. Milt and Edie. That was way off. But they do great work. They do great they work. Do great they work. also have popcorn. They have yeah. they have great fluff and fold. Uh, Option there. Heck yeah. They also yeah. gave me a free uh, selfie stick once and a free back scratch. Oh, nice. You give out those free They're the best. Yeah. On my first visit, they gave me a bag with a tape measure, a weird little, I'm guessing, fridge magnet shaped <laughs> like a plastic bag. All right. <laughs> it's so random. Milk Needy Emery boards. Uh, post, did that have post-it notes in it? I've got post-it notes. I think it post-it notes. Hanging out at community. Oriental Trading for way too long. Have you ever seen that catalog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad was it. a dentist for years, and so he had the treasure chest, and he would order from Oriental Trading. That's all that shit is. <gasps> I also got a circle with every color highlighter marker around it. Oh, I know. Oh, oh yeah. That has come in. I got one of those. It's handy. like a paper like mitt. Like You put it over your hand like a mitten, <gasps> kind of, and it's sticky. On, it's got like a paper, and you peel the paper off, and it'll stick on one side so you can get your lint off. Nice. Of all the things we talk about on this podcast, <laughs> folks, if you live Milton in the prizes, San Fernando, prizes Valley, from Milton Milton dry cleaners is the strangest. Dry cleaners, twenty four well, hours a day. It's very it is, close to Bob's Big Boy, and, and it is the dry yeah. cleaner to a lot of like studios take their costuming stuff there, and like the ones that aren't big well, enough to do they, it themselves. Because they, they, they work twenty four hours a exactly. day, and they'll you know same day laundry service. The fl- I'm telling mm-hmm. you, the fluff and fold though. Yeah, really. If you don't want to, if you don't want to wash dry and fold your own clothes, they wrap it in pink paper and tie yeah. a bow around it. It's a, it's adorable. It's pretty great. You've got an immaculate 1948 Chevy panel truck out front, pink Ooh, and black, pink. Mm-hmm. delicious and nutritious. All right, so I think that was it, right? Yeah, it was the last one. Edith, <laughs> Edith, and Eddie, uh, Joey. Where am I? Documentary feature right above that. Man, nobody uh, cares. And so, well, we're so actually, I've got. I can talk about four of these. Oh, by the way, when I, I said nobody I cares, about. I mean nobody cares about what I think. No, I, I care what you think. I care what you <laughs> think. Like, nobody cares about your documentary features. <laughs> um, I doubled down on Last Man or Last Men in Aleppo. Oh, it's a good pick because I thought it might be timely. It's a it's a very timely. It's a very good pick. Desiree, uh, I doubled down on Strong Island. Um, I... Strong Island, bro. <laughs> well, you you listened and watched a little bit of it with me, right? Yeah, I didn't sit down and watch any of these <laughs> but uh Wes watches movies in the next room while I'm working so I hear like the plot and the dialogue from a lot of them mm-hmm. um Last Man in Aleppo was I thought sounded good but like we just had basically this documentary it was a short subject last year last year yeah. oh 
So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like it was we were kind of rehashing the same subject there. Yeah, I'm, I can understand that. Um, what is the subject of last well, time uh, in Aleppo? I'll, uh, well, do you want to, well okay. the, the one last year was called the White White helmets. helmets. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's about is... guys who, you know, they're, I mean, they're just like normal dudes in, a, right. in Aleppo who are like, we got to do, and there's bombs going off everywhere, we got to do something. And so they just they try get to in like, vans and drive and pull babies to, out of rubble. Yeah, Jeez. pull people out of the rubble and stuff. It's pretty, so, it's pretty intense. So I'll get a little spoilery. I won't, I won't spoil the whole thing. But so this is a really good follow up to White Helmets. White Helmets was All the right. short documentary feature from last year. Um, I can't remember if it was on Amazon or Netflix. I'm going to guess maybe Netflix because this one's streaming on Netflix now. Uh-huh. It follows. The interesting thing is it's different filmmakers, but follows the same, some of the same people oh, in Aleppo. Wow. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, That's you know, crazy. if you are really sensitive to children, animals, just people in general being hurt or killed, it's, uh-huh. I mean, you see dismembered body parts. No. Almost immediately you see a dead baby. Um, it's very, very difficult film to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an important subject matter. It's but... what's special about it, um, and I think what saves it from sort of being a rehash of last year is is because we've seen some of these these I don't want to say characters these people before. You're now seeing like a year later or so, and sort of where they are mentally, and sort of the decisions that now they're you know there's a. A lot of people have this mentality whenever there's a disaster or a war that they don't, I'm not going to leave my home. This is my home. I'm going to stay here. And a lot of people feel that way. However, people can't get out of Aleppo is, is part of the problem. Um, And for these people to sort of be faced with like, what do I do? How do I get my children out of here? Or should I get my children out of here? Being faced with these decisions. So that's, one aspect that sort of saves it from being a rehash. The other is that it's shot in a way that's incredibly cinematic in a way that documentary has not been done before. Mm. It, it looks like a film and there, there were some problems I had with it that I think maybe are attributed to that. There are moments in the film where some of it doesn't quite feel a hundred percent genuine. Like, you know, like the, the people know are a little, maybe too aware of the camera or they sit down and start talking to each other and you sort of kind of feel like, oh, was this sort of staged? You know, were they told to sit down and have a conversation? Mm-hmm. Or, um, But that I think part of that is because it looks so much like a cinematic film mm. that I think that's maybe what led me to kind of feel that way. But mm. it's, it's, it's really interesting and it's heartbreaking. The, the end is, the end blew me away. Wow, okay. So I really failed because I forgot that a lot of these things you could actually stream online and I just documentary, yeah. especially right before Oscars um, last year, they did a lot of the the short documentary subjects, but I, I did some searches for them and I, I for some reason couldn't find mm. any of the short ones. But I, but four of the <clears throat> the features, one was on Amazon and three were on Netflix. So that made it really, really easy. Yeah. So anyway, I, I doubled down on Strong Island Um you know, I heard oh, you watched, heard and slash watched part of this. Um, and we, it's, let's real uh, quick <laughs> go over again, Strong Island. So, it, yeah. So, so the, the ones that I saw, what I heard slash saw was Abacus, uh, Small Enough to Jail, which was really interesting. And we could be. Also timely. Also timely because, yeah, we could be about to. See stuff like a, this again. Be on a. Well, a, we'll talk about that one in a second. Why don't you talk about yeah. Strong Island, though? So Strong Island um, is. 
a really interesting, again, sort of timely right now. It's really, it's really strange how many uh, sort of historically relevant topics are relevant again right now that shouldn't uh. need to be relevant right now. Well, like, in this in this particular documentary, it it's an it's an unending battle. It's something right, that's yeah. been going on for for a long time, a century, <laughs> and and it's it's like. A little bit heartbreaking. I mean, it's really heartbreaking, but sure. you know, it's, it about? it's it's about um uh, a guy who gets um, shot. He's a, a black a black guy, young, mm-hmm. um, and the you know white guy who shoots him basically. Well, I mean, well, I mean, he doesn't. They don't even take it to trial. Like they take it to wow. before a grand jury, and the grand jury to decide is, whether or not to take it to, to trial. Yeah, and they're like. <sighs> Well, it's it's really interesting because they they really paint an interesting case. So it's it, it is really interesting. I mean, it's it, there you definitely can kind of see both sides. Like, well, it's it's the filmmaker is Yancey Ford, uh, who is the sister, the one of the younger sisters of this guy, and she feels um, of oh, the white dude. No, 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 no of the of the the her brother was shot and killed. Okay. She is sort of filled with, uh, you know, f- understandable frustration and sadness, grief, uh, and guilt. Uh, I won't, I won't go completely into why, but because I think you should see it. Yeah. But like the big thing is, she wants to know why it didn't go to trial, mm-hmm. and with a grand jury, you know, you don't. People don't have to talk about. It. It's not. It's not it's not exactly a public record and the prosecutors can't talk about it. Mm. So, and, and it's, it's a situation where you have 25 jurors instead of 12 and, um, and they don't have to, they basically have to, uh, decide whether there's cause enough. Yeah. Enough cause to take it to trial, like enough reason that it should go to trial. Right. Like, which they kind of, you know, they decide against and then it's kind of trying, they're trying to figure out and well, when, why did they decide that? And and by the time you find out why it, why it didn't go to trial, why the decision was made, um, you understand it. Yeah. It, you don't necessarily agree or disagree. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Like it was a, a situation where it's like, Oh, I just completely disagree. Um, Yes. There, there, so small spoiler: uh, the the jury was made up only of white people. Who, Hang on, is this, in the United, who, this is in the United States. Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in New York. It happened. I like mean, in the nineties. Okay. In the nineties, yeah, it's it's that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's interesting. It's unfortunate, like how many of these issues are still kind prevalent. of lingering yeah. and prevalent right now, yeah. and it, it's frustrating. Yeah, I think I think there's enough. Knowing enough about so, based on evidence, I can understand the decision that was made. But based on, there are enough things to make you go. Well, more needs to be explored, mm. possibly. Okay, so so it's it's not a it's not a it's not a I don't mean a pun not intended. It's not a black or white issue. It's um, it it's could have said cut and dry. Okay, cut and dry. I think, I, but I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why it's fascinating because yeah. even though it brings up again a major issue that we are dealing with, even in the current state, it 
it it shows more complexity. Yes. Yeah, and it's a lot about the family dealing with their emotions with the whole right. situation too, and like even this much later, you know, many years later, yeah. like how they're still like, you know, jury jury um, race aside, there is one piece of evidence that makes me feel like they should have gone to trial to explore it more. Mm, yeah. um, and it's it's not really talked about or discovered until kind of the end, so I don't want to really say what it is. Right. But, we'll but there is a little piece that, like, I can understand why it didn't happen, but there's a big thing in my mind that's like, well, it should have been talked about more. They should have had some investigators or they should have had somebody arguing on behalf against that piece of evidence. Yeah, so. yeah. That's the crazy thing about documentaries, though, It's is that you are getting someone's version of the story, Mm -hmm. their edited version of the story. And I've watched, like I watched The Staircase. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Mm -mm. It's like a a seven-part series or whatever. I would love it if you guys got into this and we could talk about it. Because my opinion as to what, whether or not this guy should have been convicted or not, varies greatly from most people's opinion. Yeah. Until I listened to somebody who had done other research on it, and I went, Mm. ooh, ooh. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So yeah. I thought, oh man, like, do I go back and watch it again? Sure. Or is there this thing where I, you know, I predispose myself to whether somebody's guilty or innocent based off of my own stupid, weird judgments that I'm unaware of or instinctual judgments, things like that? Yeah. Right. But, but that is the one thing you have to hopefully see all of in a documentary. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. And it, and it is, you know, like, the, it's it's it is interesting because the first you know half of this film you're like holy crap why didn't this go to trial but then by the end of it you're kind of like okay I can see why I understand maybe this and yeah. like so she yeah. she did at least you know show some of both sides like yeah she, she wasn't, wasn't trying to be all, totally one side right yeah. yeah which which for you know being the guy's sister is really difficult yeah she's <laughs> angry yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. so that was the one you thought is going to win. Yeah, I, that's I doubled you down. You doubled down. Okay, so I did. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, I picked Faces Places. It's the one I haven't seen. Faces to win because it rhymes. It's it's one. It's, <laughs> it's easy. It's one that's being talked a lot about. It's also um, about a historic fil- woman filmmaker Agnes Var- Varda, um, who's French. So, and I think people love her, and I think Hollywood tends to, you know, pat itself on the back, on the back a lot. That's a nice, really nice way to, uh, a, mm-hmm. a clean way to say that. <laughs> so this um, is more of an academy thing, is this what is, you're yeah. yeah. And and because she's like, you know, this historic, you know, female director, I think that's also a piece of it, especially in this climate. And it's about her um, friendship with an, another f- young filmmaker and sort of this unlikely pairing of this young and old together and how goofy they are and stuff. Mm. So, um, so I think that's going to win. It's not what I picked you pick? for my want. My want is Icarus. Oh, I really talk about a film that's timely. So you Blue saw too it. close to the sun. Isn't that Icarus? It's, yes, that's Icarus, okay. but that's not what this is about. So, Trying to escape the Minotaurs. As you know, um, because the Winter Olympics have been happening. They have? Oh, oh that's what that was. Oh, I, I couldn't say yeah. yeah. which one it was, but I did hear So I don't know if you've noticed, them. Russia doesn't have their flag represented really? at the Olympics, and that's because of the doping scandal. This is... Yeah, they can't fly their flag. A, they're, they're the They're the... Olympic athletes from Russia. Wow. Yeah, representing Russia. Yeah, what? something like that. 
Yeah, they're the whoa. They're the O A R this this oh, year. Yeah, O A R. All their all their stuff says O A R. They have no flags what on does anything. O-A-R mean? The Olympic, Olympic athletes, athletes of Russia. Russia. Okay, this is weird. Also, did you hear about the curlers who are there's a there's like I think some Canadian curlers are in a doping scandal now too. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. which is oh, hysterical. My yeah. I know, right? Of all the sports to like dope for, like oh my gosh. So wait, what with this? So okay, so this is bigger than just. Uh, the fact that the Olympics are going on right now and bigger than the fact that it's s- sort of steroids and performance enhancing things in this era, which is really common, but it's also a Russia thing, which I think is really, really important right now. Yeah. And so this, the documentary starts with a guy who is a hobby cyclist. Like he, he, he enters into races for fun. He's an amateur. He's not a professional. He's always kind of dreamed and wished he could be, a professional like you know idolizing Lance Armstrong and stuff and then of course that whole thing happened um poop. so <laughs> he knows that there's got to be lots of people doping yep in these cycling things so he decides I'm going to enter into the toughest amateur race and I'm going to do it clean hmm. wow and then next year I will have spent a year doping wow and I'm going to do it dirty Okay, this is freaking me out. By the way, <laughs> okay. I, know somebody, I know somebody who worked, he was doing, he was an actor, where I, I'm like, I don't want to out anybody, sure. um, and got to know a lot of the cyclists and Lance Armstrong and blah, 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 because he was working like on this campaign, oh. uh-huh. to the point that like he knew about, these guys would have things in their arms, like that had like heroin or whatever in it, that... I think it was heroin, to be honest with oh, you. Wow. Jeez. That once they got to a certain point in the race, they'd slap their arms so it would break and go Good into their system. Oh, my God. That's Weird. so crazy. Like, that's how intense that's this shit gets with these guys. Yeah. Wow. So. Thank you, nurse. Right? He he wants to do it in a smart uh, so not only does he want to, not only does he want to do this and see the difference, he and he wants to he wants to be careful because of his health, yeah. but he also wants to cheat the system and prove how easy it is to do it. Okay, mm. I like it. So he enlists the help of somebody. First, there's an American, and the American's like, ultimately, like I can't be attached to this. At the end, of, like he starts to kind of go in with them on it and then he's like i can't do it but i can recommend someone else so he recommends this russian guy and this russian guy is the head of the olympic research laboratory in russia Oops. and his, his for wada so <laughs> oh, his Wada-a. his responsibility is to basically make sure that nobody's cheating the system wow yeah it if, turns out he doesn't know what wada so, is so, it's the world anti-doping so, agency okay yeah so I'm going to kind of give the the big broad yeah, stroke sorry. here, and that's um, Russia for roughly 60 years has been doping in the Olympics. They've been cheating in the Olympics. That doesn't sound and like something they do. And there's, and there's <laughs> no. not only do they know about this, but there's documentation and evidence wow. going back a very, very long way and to showing like where it comes from. And it's, right? it's state-sponsored. And it, there's a trail that goes all the way up to Putin. It's so gross. The Olympics are gross. So this guy sort of becomes a, a whistleblower in Russia. Nice. And it becomes a... So it starts as this thing where this guy is like, oh, let's see if we can cheat the system. Um, and that has a really interesting outcome that you find out about 30 minutes into the movie. Like, that story is done 30 minutes in. Wow. The rest of it's about exposing what happened in Russia... And 
over those 60 years? Well, what's mostly the, over the last... What's The only thing that's really relevant is everything going back to the London games. Okay. So over the last, like, less than 20 years. So this, this guy's career, basically. The okay. guy who's helping him. Yeah. And... His and like what happens to this Russian man's life because of it. And it is, I mean, you can like read online, you can read newspaper articles and stuff like that, but I mean, it's a scary, harrowing story because Whoa. of the fact that he was outing his own government. He was outing his well, own and, government, and, yeah. And like, I mean, he like, like within the first half of the film flees russia like he's afraid for his life like yeah. it's, it's it's crazy i don't want to say too much i don't want to say too much about yeah, it. yeah i don't want to say much Reds. more than that but like we're hearing about the story like when, when uh the sochi olympics yeah so he was part yeah. of this oh so the yeah. sign when the sign didn't go on the right way during the opening ceremonies yeah. the guy who was in charge of it was found dead in his hotel room the next morning well yeah it's you should watch crazy. this documentary because it's some nutty fucking shit it's right? really yeah. it's and it's it feels with Russian interference in I don't care what side of this stuff you are on politically, but with Russian interference in the election and all this stuff, it's it seems really really timely that this documentary came out last year. Yeah, and it is really just compelling all the way to the end of the film. I nice. I, I highly okay. recommend. It. So that's the one I picked for. I want to win, Icarus. but I I think people are gonna. I think the voters are gonna go lighthearted instead. I think they're gonna like as as you said, pat themselves on the back. Because it's like, hooray for Hollywood. Yeah. We'll see. Well, hooray I'm so excited. Hollywood. I documentaries. So thank you for giving me a brief rundown as to what all these documentaries yeah. were about. Uh, Steve, what'd you pick? And then for we'll talk documentary about documentary feature, I think Icarus is going to win. Oh. I had absolutely no idea what it was about until just a few moments ago. Okay. Nice. But <laughs> I really choice. love the video game Kid Icarus. Okay. Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System. Okay. Fair and I enough. love the fable of Icarus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of, you know, building your own wings out of wax and feathers. Yeah. Um, and I put a star next to Strong Island as my personal pick. Yeah, that's a good one. Also having no idea what it was about, but I like a good New York pun. Yeah, well, in the title, so the title comes from, there's like these pockets of Long Island that, what is it, like the 70s or 80s. They, well, this that was in the a lot this, this Island. Island. So this, so in this, Strong they Island. moved in the late 70s, Island. early 80s, I think. Right, yeah. So they, they, they kind of like the, they were trying to attract um, basically. Mob. No, government. Mm. Oh. Employees. Employees to yeah, live in yeah. Long Island. <laughs> and there's like these pocket neighborhoods that are mob. like, you know, they're decent neighborhoods, but yeah. they, they, they're all black people. They're all segregated. Oh. They're, they're like segregated neighborhoods. Imagine basically. a... Think, it's super weird. Think about um, when you see maps of gerrymandered dicks, districts. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that, but instead of it being like a Republican versus Democrat... Or it'd be Los a, Angeles highway patterns. Okay. <laughs> Same thing in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so it would be like, this is like an all black... This, this like 20 block radius is, is all black, and then this one's all white, and this one's Hispanic or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And they're they're interestingly they're like not this like stereotype that I think most people would have in their heads like oh the black neighborhoods like ghetto or whatever no, it's, it's not nice. like that at all it's like a beautiful suburb but <laughs> they're like still like if they leave their neighborhood they're completely they they like, take ostracized. they like, take they things can't... into their own hands at that point wow. yeah. yeah and they they you know there's you know they, they said it was something like it was deceiving like because like the houses were inexpensive but like the taxes were high and the schools mm. were crappy and like mm. 
you know, it, it was really they kind of got almost like suckered into it, uh-huh. like a like a shiny wrapper, and then yeah. it was it's like not it's like poop inside instead of chocolate. Like yeah. it's well, the mom, the mom, <laughs> and the mom talks about like having to take more jobs out and how. Um, the dad, she would be leaving, going one way on the highway, and she would see her husband coming home. Wow! And, like, and they would honk and wave at each other because they were just constantly working and never yeah. really seeing each other. Yeah, just trying to like keep up with kind of so that's, that's you know, their mortgage and so, their yeah. By the way, if we could title this show, this episode, I think it could be "Poop in a Shiny Wrapper" or "Shit Chocolate." <laughs> so close to Easter, though. It feels I think, better than chocolate shit, though. So, mm. um, so nobody picked Abacus. Small enough to jail. I have no idea what it's about. So Desi was right. I think it's also really time. It's all of these topics are really, and I think that tends to be the Why case with documentary. Nominated. Yeah. Um, Abacus is about a small bank in Chinatown in New York City. And this oh. family who owns the bank, runs the bank, the, fa- the father was a lawyer. <laughs> Most of his kids were, were or are lawyers who just was like in love with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. And the idea of community and helping your community and, and giving people an opportunity. And so he opened a bank. Oh, <laughs> Desi's God. drinking no. over there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so he opens this bank. And the kids grow up and they end up working there too. Like one's the CEO and one's the director. And in uh, two, uh, I think two thousand eight. Or I think it might have been. It, it might have been after the housing bubble. I can't remember if it was before, or after, or during exactly. Like two thousand eight, two thousand in that area. Maybe. They noticed some irregularities with some paperwork for home mortgages for Uh-oh. home loans, and they. Come to find that one of their employees has, uh, I forgot what, what, what do they call them? He, he's like the, he's the guy who, who Sometime? meets with the people and makes the loans oh. happen. He's the banker who make like the works at the, the, yeah, he's the loan officer. So they find out that he's been falsifying paperwork and, and then selling the loans off to Fannie Mae mm. and he's been stealing money. Holy. Yeah. So now people are like, well, I paid the money, but it didn't go towards my home because the guy stole it. Yeah. So they fired the guy and told the police. But then when their clients started coming to them and, and being angry with them about where's my money, they were kind of like, well, th- it, this guy stole it. It's not us. Yeah. And so they were like, you call the police if you have a problem. So they called the police. The district attorney opens an investigation into the bank and accuses the entire bank of knowing all of this stuff. And they slowly start uncovering more and more fraud within the bank. And oh, so not just from that one guy. Not just from the one guy. It was a bunch of different loan officers. And and then he not the doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like family on the upper end. But that's that's what the case is all about. How the DA is pinning it on the family and sort of the racial. Um, there's a little bit of a racial injustice thing going on because you know they're they're a Chinese immigrant mm-hmm. family and um yeah there's some pretty there's some pretty sketchy things the 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 office of the district attorney did and this documentary takes place over about five years wow and it's this this huge court case and um yeah it's it's very sad and. You know, it, again, it's very timely because you know there's a lot of 
well, people think that there's a lot of indicators that the that the banks are doing same, the exact same thing yeah, they were doing, doing in 2008. Uh, the bubble's yeah. going to burst again, and and um, but but there's some it's really not like we just got done recovering from that or anything. <laughs> but the, yeah, of course. Uh, the the interesting thing about the documentary is that from the the father, the one who started this whole thing, from his perspective, like it seems like the most important thing to him isn't just clearing the family's name, but clearing Chinese people's name because mm. he, he's afraid that people will sour the taste. Yeah. And they'll think that these immigrants are, are all they're all, yeah, they're exactly. all lying. And that, and that the, even the clients that they're like all lying about, mm-hmm. you know, how much money they're making and stuff. And they talk a lot and about some of them were. Yeah. Well, and they talk about a lot about a, a small immigrant community being a, a largely cash based economy and how, a lot of them are probably evading some of their taxes by Whoops. not claiming the cash that they're earning on their taxes because yeah. you know their their income and what they can actually pay for a house is not really equal matching yeah. up but it's not necessarily that they're like trying to be shady they're just trying to get by and yeah. you know it's it's really interesting in that aspect it's also interesting from the standpoint of like this being literally the only bank that mm. went to court for yes. any of this kind of stuff in the like, entire U.S., like no they're the one only one that was prosecuted. What? Redonkey. Yeah, they were the only one that was prosecuted over this. Only bank because they were small enough to jail. Small enough because they were because uh, everybody else was just too big to fail. So yeah, yeah so it's it, or and if they do well, I mean, I don't know much about finance. Sure, but it's like if you go after a big bank, who is it? It, it was like I watched. Um, there's a sh- there's a series on Netflix called Dirty Money, and the fa- the final episode of it because every episode is about something different. Yeah. Like the first one is the guy who does the smartest guys in the room, the Enron yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first it's th- it's that guy, mm-hmm. but he's doing it on the whole like Volkswagen transmission. Uh, oh oh yeah, the, the lying the, about yeah. The last one is all about Trump and about PR and this and that and the other thing with him and like how did this actually happen? And a lot of it was like. Trump got himself into so much financial trouble at one point in his career that he almost owed too much <laughs> to get penalized. Oh wow! In a way, like like the banks were like, "We need him to pay his." Right. Yeah, if we penalize him more, he's even less likely to pay. Yeah, yeah. Like we're getting so much. Sque- yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is that kind of this, of a similar thing? Let's go after the little guy because the big, we can't go after the big guy because ultimately we're going to shut ourselves down. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, was, I don't know if it's well. They again. I don't want. I don't want to spoil too much. But sorry. The, I'm just no, no, no. It's they. There's like some really money. interesting things that happen in there with. What you think the expectations are of the borrowers and the lenders, and they don't necessarily meet the expectations you 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 have in your head. Uh, so it's 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 very interesting. It's not it's not a stereotypical story. Um, it's also more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pretty boring. And right. and we're talking about like money stuff, so maybe it's not that interesting to listen to us talk about it. But it, I thought it was it was well worth. I think it was an hour and a half. You know, yeah. so it was worth that I time. mean, there's a lot, there's like a, a personal aspect in it too, because they are a family. And so there's a lot of, you know, there's well, and, uh, sort of them dealing with it as a family the, the, and, and this trauma, you know. Yeah. The personally. daughter is, the daughter is like the, the COO of the bank and right. she's in court because of all the stuff that's going to happen and she could go to jail, mm-hmm. you know, she yeah. could. And if they, in, if they indict on, there, I think there were 80 counts. 
Jeez. of fraud, mismanagement, and theft. Dang. Uh, larceny, I guess, at that point. And this other guy is nowhere to be found. No, no, no. no, they no got, he's no, there, he's in court, there. and he has... They, there's some really great okay. I get just kind of exchanges. Watch it is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, because they they um they use the court transcripts because there were no cameras allowed in there. Okay. So they use the court transcripts and they have the actors read the parts. And there's some pretty interesting um, testimony from the guy who okay. who kind of kicked this whole thing off. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Right. So anyway, so we'll we'll move on from documentary. But uh, so Steve, I'm sorry, just to rehash, Steve, you. You picked Icarus, but you want Strong Island. Is that correct? Correct. I want Strong Island to win. I think Icarus will win. Okay. And at the time I made those picks, it was based on virtually nothing at all. Great. Oh, my stomach's growling again. All right. Ooh. Desiree. Uh, foreign language film. Ah. I have seen absolutely none of these. have not heard anything about any of them. So I doubled down on a fantastic woman. Girl! For obvious reasons. Boom! Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. I also doubled down on a fantastic woman. So That's right I. you did, because you don't want to sleep on the couch. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm the wild card. I, oh, by the way, I did that because that's the one I hear most talked about. Do we, oh, okay. do we bet money on what we think? Oh, oh, yeah, what do you think Steve is going to say? Yeah. Um, Shuffle up and deal, you guys. <laughs> well, Steve's a square... And, well, lo- and Loveless. The Square's the only one I've heard about. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But I think the insult Oh, win. that's... I should have said it out loud! Um, based on nothing. <laughs> because the insult, you just want to know what it yeah. is. You just want to know what the insult but is. But I want a fantastic woman to win. Yeah! Because yeah. I have a lot of fantastic women in my life. I like that. Two of them are in this room. Yeah. Joey made a face not sure or about Walt. face or something. <laughs> But the listeners can't see what you did. Oh, yeah. I made a really stupid gesture and smiled. All right. Uh, Joey? Uh, where are we at? You, you, wait, you did Fantastic Women, too? Oh, I did. Okay. So uh, so I will start off film editing. Film editing. Okay. This is this is where we're starting to get real difficult. Oh, I'm going to run out of the room because I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. Where are you going? Where are you going? Have to run Back in here. She's back. getting her energy. <laughs> okay. I picked... Dunkirk again. I think it's one. It was edited so interestingly. I wish I could have seen it. I really boned so, myself. So there's different. I'll, I'll talk about why I think that editing editing is interesting in the movie. There's different stories happening. You're being told sort of this the the moments that lead up to this the Dunkirk rescue. Um, well, there's Walt. Walt loves it. Walt agrees. It's okay, buddy. Come here. Well, Did like, you want some vodka too? No, I'm just kidding. You can't have vodka. That's exactly what it was. It was like, bitch, I'll drink all that vodka. All right. So. He's trapped under his duck blanket. <laughs> oh, let me, let me rescue Walt real quick. He can't find the edge. Yeah. He gets himself all bundled hey, up. Hey, Dunkirk, tell okay. me how to fly this plane. <laughs> so the story is told um, from pre- pretty much three perspectives. And. They all take place over a different period of time, and the movie intercuts between them. So one is an hour before the rescue. One is a a day, I think. Yeah. And one is a week before the rescue. And you, you, throughout the film, there are moments where you're intentionally not exactly sure where you're at in in the thing. And then when it all comes together, it kind of blows you away. Yeah. Uh, They also shot part of it on IMAX, and I think like the 
the use of that and how they cut that is it was beautiful. It was very very pretty. Um, so that's that's yeah. why I chose that as the one I think is going to win. The one I want to win is Baby Driver. Oh. Because the editing is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, let's Next. go, Steve. Okay. Um, I, too, think Dunkirk will win. Mostly just because of Bane. <laughs> what? The actor who played Bane is in Dunkirk. I He's love the, him so much. I have the biggest hey. crush on him. You guys, and get he off my a, beach. And he wears a mask that he speaks into. In Tom Hardy Dunkirk. is... Mm, 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 mm. Okay. You should go. You should go back to One Direction, uh, Shane, or whichever. Joey just turned into Furiosa like. over there. Whoa. <laughs> Tom Hardy, Furiosa's real sexy. Cool. Even though he plays such nasty, ugly characters sometimes. Uh, what about Handsome Bob in Rock and Roller? He's pretty, pretty handsome in that, that movie. He was pretty handsome. <laughs> All right, so you think Dunkirk's going to win? I think Dunkirk will win, but I put a star for my personal pick. Next to I, Tanya. And I'm really not sure why I bothered to break up this category. But I'm just sort of fucking around. Why why I, Tanya? Well, it's got some white hot ice skating action. Much like Ice the Movie. It is white hot. Featuring a performance by Steve Moulton. Catch it if you can. Oh, boy. But also, uh, you know, it it goes from telling the story to the flashbacks to the interviews to the sort of what somebody I, somebody's idea of what happened and then what really happened. And I feel like, you know, that, that had to be fairly hard to organize. I have no editing skills. So I was just like, hey, I'm going to pick one and then I'm going to like the other one. There, there was an edit that I, I really did stand out to me in that yeah. film that I absolutely loved. And it's, um, spoiler alert for the end Which of I, Tanya. Is that ZZ Top song? No. Oh. It's, it's, it's a spoiler alert at the end. So you, you find out eventually that she um, boxes. Oh, yeah. Um, and there is an edit between her spinning on her ice skates and her getting hit and spinning and falling to the oh, yeah. to the mat. And I, 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 thought, I thought the cut, the edit of those two, like, feats and sort of how skating in a lot of ways was like, a, at least in this film, was like a fight for her. It, yeah. was, it was something that... She was beat up by everybody. She's beat up by her mom and by her husband and by mm-hmm. the skating community and herself. And this idea, like at the end, that like they kind of juxtaposed that with her physically getting beat, beaten, right. mm-hmm. uh, was I thought really interesting. Interesting edit. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's enough for the gold, the Oscar gold. Maybe <laughs> Joey. Um, because I didn't see Dunkirk, I feel like this is not a fully educated answer, but. Um, I think I said Baby Driver was going to win, and my choice was Itanya. Right. Okay. It, do you, do you want to expand on why? I, do, I don't know. I you think, think stand out. On it, well, what I would like to say, <laughs> I really do think that the the some of the way things were shot, and I thought that the the timing of the movie was so on par with sure. what it needed to be. Yeah. Um. I I just. I, because I, I I I knew I didn't feel that way with Shape of Water or Three Billboards, and I didn't see Dunkirk, so I went with my personal choice of Itania. Sure. Diz? Uh I doubled down on Baby Driver. Um, wow. I mean, I think it's such a big part of that is editing the you know the music and the action together to like make that actually work. So that's why I picked that. Okay. Um, 
I'm also really glad that uh, I, Tanya, wasn't in the visual effects category. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I did, I did not <laughs> like the visual effects for... I, there, there's a, you know, well, I mean, Margot Robbie does a lot of her own skating, but not a lot of the like stunts. So oh, there's some, you know, I, I digital. Didn't think she did any of her own skating. She, no, she, she did, did basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. She basics. did basics. She didn't do like any of the spins. She didn't do no, any of the no jumps. Whereas in like that. Ice the Movie, they all do their own <laughs> skating. Good to know. Available on Amazon. So, you know, so there's some there's some digital face transferring. I, I had a real. If only that had been two seconds perfect. Digital face transferring that's not immaculate but i still think that wouldn't have been something that would be oscar worthy right i don't know if you did it really well maybe i guess you're right but if you if you thought it was actually margot robbie if it looked like margot robbie like if you weren't like oh that's not her but you can tell at least on our screen granted we have a big screen but if you went saw that in the theater you can tell it's not margot robbie in some of those shots and they tried to digitally put her face in some of them so it's like there's because like it was, frames. I was looking for it, and it was hard for me to tell. There were frames where also, she yeah, like, it was not. TV, like, I haven't watched they got, on their TV. They got a TV. It's large, and we sit close to it, and it was like, whoa, that's totally yeah. not her. I'm pretty oh, sure wow. it X-rayed me one time. <laughs> the TV, TV X-rayed yours, you. Yeah. Whereas on my TV, it looked great. Yeah. Well, but if you were on in my a TV's thirty-two inches. See, but you both right. watched it on a screener, right? At home. No, I saw it in the theater. You saw it in the theater and you didn't notice oh. it. I didn't notice it in the theater. All right, well, maybe we're just being extra butsy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I th- but that's the thing, like... It didn't get nominated. You, well, exactly. But yeah, you yeah. also, I mean, I have not seen a movie on your screen. so And, and I do know that, like, in certain... Some things are just so freaking clear that you can yeah. tell. Yeah. yeah. But that's why when you and I were talking about it and you were like, oh, it's totally green screened or whatever. And I was like... I just saw an interview, like recently I did. I'm like, I just saw an interview where she was like, I trained for five hours a day, five days a week for like three months or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Madonna. So she was definitely like, Oh yeah. She was was doing all the basics, but she wasn't doing any of the actual like jumping, jumping and spinning. Well, especially because you're supposed to be a freaking like uh, professional athlete. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. 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 Women who can do that start at four. Right, right, exactly. If not younger, maybe. Right. Maybe three. You yeah. don't want to go breaking an ankle trying to yeah. look like a pro athlete. Right. Really. Yeah, I was really Let confused. The pros do it. I was really confused when we saw it because I was like, it looked really bad to me. That couldn't have been her. So I looked it up and the I was like seeing articles where the visual effects company, company was like super proud of the work. And I was like, and they talked about how they digitally imposed, a, you know, Margot Robbie's face on. Part of the problem is her face is too big for the body in the shots. Like they didn't. Size scale it correctly. It yeah, they didn't scale Whoa. it properly. It's just now I want to see it on your TV. So <laughs> exactly. All right, sorry, I took us away from the category we were actually I'm on. Sorry, but, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I doubled down on Baby oh, Driver for film editing. Sliding around. Sorry, you you're scaring the dog. Floor. We well, gotta get your okay, brakes for your casters. It's okay, right. buddy. Well, it's like oh my god, he's gonna run into me. All right. It's okay. Where are we at? Oh, he's in guard dog. Dude. Um. Okay, so Ooh. you talked about your you talked about editing. Did, did, did you? Yeah. Talk about editing. Yeah, baby mm-hmm. driver. Okay. Who's a tough guy? All right, moving on. Who's a little tough guy? All right, Don't a guess. nice a nice small category. Makeup and hairstyling. Makeup and hairstyling. Oh, uh, Joey, do you want to start? Sure. I doubled down on Darkest Hour. It was the only one I saw. Um, I wanted to say Wonder because you guys had mentioned that there is someone with a facial um, thing, but I really was impressed with. The way that um, 
uh, Gary Oldman looked. Not to mention it's a period piece. Um, you know, that's what I say. Yeah, no, that's good. Des? Yeah, um, so I went with, I, I think Wonder is going to win. Um, Interesting. I mean, the, the, the movie is primarily about child with a deformed face yeah. like it, it's he's the majority of the movie it's never lead, like yeah. yeah and it's never like oh that looks fake like sure. it totally you know i for at least the first 10 minutes i was like so is this an act i don't know who this actor is, is this <laughs> you were like is who, he really like this is he so I was really like, no. like that or can did I they ask, make up it can like I ask a really ignorant question no, because yeah. this is a fact thing though yeah. mask with eric stoltz yeah sure. was it nominated for Makeup? Uh, Rocky Dennis. Oh, I don't know. Cher got a nomination for it, right? Yeah. I feel she like it did, must I have think. been. Especially in those I'll, I'll days. I mean, his face did look very real. It didn't look like the Ooh. real Rocky um, Dennis, but. Face. In wonder. So he's, I don't know exactly. They don't go into a ton of like medical detail about they, it. They he's say what it born... is. He's born with like a, 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 like a respiratory and uh, he's got like stuff wrong. I can't remember. Like exactly. the Elephant Man. Not that bad. No, not, uh, not but cool. but I get like the two movies that stick out to me as like facial deformity movies are the Elephant Man and Mask. You'll yeah. be happy to know Mask He's... won Best, Best Makeup. makeup. There you go. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so this is. I mean, and it, it, besides the fact that the makeup's really good, like the kid is so good in it. Like yeah. he really. It's Jacob Tremblay who was in Room with Brie Larson. Okay, you're right. Okay. Yeah, which he's you know you can't really tell because his face looks totally different. Right. Um. But it's it's not obvious. It's not like overdone. It looks natural. It does. It looks very, very, very realistic. Yeah, but he's got ears you know, and nose. And... He's he's got you know he's had they, they talk about he's had something like twenty seven surgeries or something. Oh, in his oh life. man, and he's like ten. There's a moment where a kid asks him, "Have you thought about plastic surgery?" And he's like, "He's like, no, I've never thought about that." And he's like, this This is after plastic surgery. He's like, dude. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's... it's very It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very saccharine. Mm-hmm. And oh. I, but I like that. No, I like yeah, a it's... really dramatic, like, sweet story. I'm, I'm, it's got Julia Roberts in it and Owen Wilson and oh. Jacob Tremblay's really good and the, ma- the makeup's good. And okay. it's... It's actually kind of told in a really... It's told from different people's perspectives. So yeah. even though the, he's in all of it, and it's really about him. It's also about his friends and his sister and other kids. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. It's a it's a it's a heartwarming story that you can show show your family. Okay. It's the yeah. kind of thing you want to show your kids. Don't be a bully. But also, if you're going to show it to your kids, uh, spoiler alert. Just I don't know if anybody reads that website. Uh, does the dog die? Oh. oh yeah yeah okay. like let's website. not go into it it's like a website i'm just saying check the check the website it's not the website you check to it's a website where like parents can go and see like is there going to be something in this movie that's going to be traumatizing to my child basically oh okay. like like it's yes it's like uh, marley and me right would be on that site right exactly <laughs> so, so i'm not saying movie. i'm not saying it has anything to do with a dog dying i'm just saying Balto. there are right issues Balto. in the movie <laughs> check the website that, if that's yeah. something you do <laughs> There, like, I, I will also Mac say that me. that there's a scene. Because <laughs> as soon as you say it, you know what image comes to my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, there is a moment early in the film that I thought was like I, I almost wish it was later in the film because it was such a stand-up moment, but it really shows 
how great of an actor that kid is. But and there's a whoa! Oh, <laughs> right into the mic too. I love you so much. I'm not going to say who so that was. Sorry, you are now, but it was not me. You are now my I'm trying to talk about this like <laughs> heartfelt. I was, I was like was trying like to hold it in, and then I was like, "Nope, it's coming out." I watched her do it as if she was like rapping. Like, <laughs> She's in Rock of Ages. Yeah. <laughs> so I was about to talk about how it got me all teary eyed. <laughs> just uh, like the smell of my burp yeah. just now. There's a yeah. There's a. There's a conversation between yes. Jacob Tremblay and Julia Roberts fairly early in the film. The two J's. Ab- about, you know, what he looks like and how depressed he is and how she has to love him hmm. because she's his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little teary eyed now. Oh. Um, it, it's really, it's actually a really like moving performance. He doesn't get a lot of the movie to do that. A lot of the movie, he's sort of just got to be this kind of foil i don't know but but that that moment they like let him kind of be vulnerable and really go for it oh yeah. wow okay so. it's very good but anyways that was we're still in your picks so but yeah okay so yeah so i picked um that uh i think wonder is gonna win i did pick darkest hour uh as my want to win just because like i mean gary Oldman is so not just no oh, no, it's Ooh. not my sorry, not my sorry. fault this time sorry was so that sorry. a harp yeah, it's just yeah, this is my alarm. That used oh. to be my uh, alarm. I was like, I'm not waking up. Oh. <laughs> I go with the sci-fi ringtone myself. Joey but... just like falls into a coma. Yeah. Like... <laughs> okay, so you picked. So I picked. I picked um, my want. I picked uh, Darkest, Darkest Hour. Hour. Um, not just because he is unrecognizable, but because he looks like the character that he like the person, the sure. real life person that he's supposed to look like. Yeah, like he just did. Such a good job with it. Yeah. So. I doubled down on Darkest Hour. Even though I really liked Wonder as a movie. Aw, snap. What? Aw, <laughs> snap. Okay. So, for the reason that I think you you said, like, he, it looks so freaking believable that he, yeah. he looks like he gained a lot of weight, but he didn't. I just can't believe, like, the texture. The texture, the, the modeling, the skin, mo- the mo- yes. the color modeling. Yeah. Like yeah, that it's really interesting. Got me. That's why I was like, that has to be him. But I want to talk about another aspect of this, hmm. and that's the hair and makeup of the supporting cast is really interesting, including his secretary. Like, yeah, I, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> who's also a baby driver. Yeah. Um, I I just thought like generally speaking, and and it was hard for me to like shy away from Victoria and Abdul because period especially like royal period things almost always wins categories like this yeah, yeah. um but because this was a period thing and i think they nailed the hair and makeup for everybody else as well um and you can sort of delineate um kind of like the class of people based on their hairstyle and mm-hmm, stuff like when, mm-hmm. when he goes on the subway train and stuff yep so um i don't know i think there was just a lot of Bes- very nuanced. Very nuanced, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he looked like freaking Winston Churchill. I mean, just yeah. it just looked so freaking realistic. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Even on our crazy big 4K television. Yeah, when, when you not, think we would have noticed, like... No, you oh, couldn't yeah, tell weird there. at all. Doubled down on Darkest Hour. What the what? Because uh, I feel like it's the one people are talking about the most. Sure. And there's a chance there might be some Academy voters who were alive in Winston Churchill's England. Yeah, I mean, they're getting... They're they're slowly getting booted, but... I'll give it me vote. 
Yeah. <laughs> Can I say though? Let me switch Because this was such a small category, could we not have maybe thrown in um, the disaster artist? For that amazing chin. For the chin, except that we could tell that it was a fake chin. All right, At least on our TV. Fair enough. <laughs> I still haven't seen it yet. I am surprised that the uh, creature from Shape of Water wasn't thrown into this category. Though. I was wondering, you know like, is a, that considered? Is that considered yeah. costume? I mean, did you see those like, abs no, we're gonna make up and hair and makeup. I know, but I'm saying. Oh like, yeah, would that like be costume? Oh, that's would a good point. Stuff be considered costume. It Where probably is costume? Falls, costume design, shape of water. There it, it is. Probably actually doesn't fall under either of those. It probably well, falls it's in costume. Oh, is it? I'm the movie? No, is. I don't think that. I don't. I don't know if it's I because don't think of that. that falls oh, you that. think it's their clothing? I think yeah. I think that that, that outfit that I think more makeup. No nope. special effects. Visual effects. Visual effects. Yeah. you're right. Visual, oh, not visual makeup. Yeah. Visual effects because it's it's, a, um, it's a practical prosthetic. But it's still visual effects. It's yeah. all prosthetic. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So it wouldn't be any different than having like a, a like a question though. Like yeah. when I when I was on Teen Wolf and they had the fake you're prosthetic. By the way, not I'm, the original. By the way, oh, yeah, but the series, I'm watching. Yeah. I, I started watching it so I could catch up to where you are on that. Okay, you're in like it's season only five, right? Take us five seasons. Yeah, I'm right. the five. I'm towards the. Ooh. You're end of five and beginning of six, right? End of five and throughout six. Yeah, cool. So I, I, I started watching just so I could see you. I was like, I'm gonna Aww. go through five seasons of this just to see Joey. Hey, thanks, Wes. Yeah. Um. So, but they had prosthetic on me from here to here. Yeah. And then painted Spoilers. on top of it, right? And yeah. then painted on top of it. I did. I just straight up spoilers. Who, so, who, so, did, so was it the makeup department or was the, it the visual effects? It was the makeup department, but it was Interesting. the special. Wait, what did they call them? I mean, they were the makeup people. Yeah. It's just that they were the ones that did the creatures. Interesting. Because I would think visual effects would be something that's more like digital, computer, technical, uh, uh, not technical, but like technical is anything. But That's what um, the computer guys want you to think. Right, 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 right. They want you to do it all. Exactly. Does yeah, that I don't make know. Sense? Yeah, I don't know. Because it is it, makeup. There is, a, there is an interesting line there. I don't know. I think back on like because horror even, movies like. Um, but even what's his, the, the guy Wonder is special effects makeup. Well, like Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th is done by a visual effects guy, oh. not the makeup artists. This is an interesting... Like, like Tom Savini stuff, like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. That was Tom Savini who was a visual effects artist and not a makeup person. So maybe I'm full of shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> it could be, it could be that, that the industry is changing. It could be that um, that it, maybe there's like more well... Def- maybe some maybe makeup they, people maybe are... Maybe they were calling it visual effects. And I just was like, "Oh God, it's the same thing." I would have. Get, I mean, that's 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 my inclination is to think that it's, you know, that it's big prosthetics like that would be visual effects. Yeah. Okay. Generally, uh, maybe not always, uh, and maybe maybe sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Maybe but sometimes then, they're but both. In, but you know? in visual effects, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is all technical, te- technical, digital kind of computer mm. stuff. War for the Planet. Shh. For the Planet of the Apes. But if that movie was made, you know, 20, 30 years ago, Rocket Raccoon would have been done practically. Like, yeah, I think we're in visual an, effects. I think we're in an era. I think we're in an era now where things are changing, and like the thought of visual effects is like when you think of VFX artists and you see that big list at the end of a movie. So basically, you think we're, digital. We're, so we're basically saying that the creature in Shape of Water was not worth nomination for. 
I'm not saying that. Effect. I'm not saying that, but but, it, but but that's but it wasn't nominated. Yeah, well, and and I think you do have an interesting point that all the things that were nominated are heavy CG movies. CG, thank you for me. I'm like techie digi blue. <laughs> what do you mean Rocket would have been practical? I'm saying like like, like if it, he's, yeah, he's yeah. joking with you. He's there's not like a Chewy. There's no raccoon. Rocket's not real. Don't listen to Steve. <laughs> he's totally real, Steve. <laughs> I would drop this book very loudly if I. Didn't think it would scare the dog. All right. So, all right. Where are we at <laughs> here, guys? Make my point. We just did a... Uh, b- b- Makeup and b- hairstyling. B- did we all do it? Did you do it? Makeup and hairstyling. Um, did, did you say something, Steve? Yeah, I said uh, double down on Darkest on Hour. Darkest, that's right. Yep. All right. Let's Give go. me all the statues on Wednesday and Chacha. Sorry, Sorry, I'm going to move us on fireball. here. Do it. Okay. Sip it. Warm fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Desiree, you want to lead us off on costume design? Sure. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was post sipping fireball. Yeah. What you got, Des? All right. Uh, where is it? Right there. Okay, costume design. Um, okay, so I picked what I something that I have not seen. Okay. That I think might be kind of an <coughs> obvious Sorry? She's uh, choice. She thinks she knows what you're going to say. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, I picked Phantom Thread as the what I think is going to win. Okay. Um, you know it's. Largely, from what I understand, about a guy who is in fashion. He's making clothes. Right. So, like, you know, it seems like a no-brainer to me a little bit. Sure. Even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> like, you, for for a movie like that to be talked about as much as it is, you have to get that right. Right. Um, all of the movies on this list, I think, have fantastic mm-hmm. costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Beauty and the Beast did a really great job of making it match the animation but still exactly, look, exactly you look real yeah they brought they brought the the drawings to life right they made yeah. them and real they, and it didn't look like you know cartoony sure in the film like it looked like what you the wanted to look like but sure. yeah yeah so um i you know i think obviously darkest hour is historical those are always you know big in the costume design winners uh and same with victoria and abdul for the one I wanted to win, um, I picked Shape of Water. Okay. Um, not not necessarily having anything to do with the 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 guy, the creature, right? But the Same this reason. whole movie. So uh, we're gonna end Same. up. I picked this for a lot of stuff, so I'm gonna end up talking about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but just basics. Um, the not just the styling of the wardrobe, but the color palette of the wardrobe and yes. how it changes in relation to the film and what's happening in the film so, is Was that driving you nuts amazing. when we were watching it? <laughs> I was like, I was no, like, yeah, look at this. <laughs> See, I'm I, big on color, color psychology. All I noticed was a lot of green. So very much. For green. some characters. And, and sometimes. And only at sometimes. That's why I was I like, want to talk about it. Okay, okay, I know. Like, wow. So, okay, so, so, so All right, you do it. <laughs> He, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he just sat on his hands. Oh. I really want to talk about it. It's one of these things that I like specifically made a note about for the podcast. Uh, I know. But, so it's crushing my soul. It's like one of the few things that I can actually like make a comment about uh, knowledgeably. Fine. Fine. Do it. You get. You have your moment in the sun. Uh, okay. I have plenty of them on this podcast. Um, okay. So. For, like as a specific example, and maybe you can expand on this too. But as a specific, sure. specific example, the the main female character, yeah, 
for a lot of the movie, her wardrobe is green, mm-hmm. as is a when lot of the movie. When she's wearing a wardrobe. But, yeah, yes, indeed. Fair enough. Um, she spends a lot of time out of wardrobe. <laughs> not a lot of time. I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying it's, it's what happens. Uh, you know, her, her wardrobe is very green for a lot of the movie, but there are times when, you know, she's uh, maybe sort of depressed. Her wardrobe is very gray, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. times when she, there's a, um, like... Vibrancy. What's the she said? I mean, like, I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so it's not when she's it's, it's not when she's depressed. Okay, well, it's when she it's when she goes to the dark side. Oh, okay, she comes okay. up with the, she comes with the plan to to like save the thing, and she's in the the apartment that's all brown, right? And all of a sudden, she's wearing black and gray. Please it's refer like, to it as the fish man thing, not just the thing, <laughs> the thing, the creature. Well, it would the be the asset. creature. It's like inspired the by the asset, creature from yeah. the Black Lagoon. So it'd be very the, much the is. creature. Yeah. But anyways, so go, go ahead. And then, and then there are times when she is, you know, emotional, where her wardrobe is all red. Once like, she's once she's made that connection with him, right? And they've, you know, she wears red to work, right? Yeah. No, no. I mean, this is a straight. I gotta tell you guys the story. Uh, I wanted to tell Wes this, but I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait until the, the Oscar. It, it sounds like it's an amazing story. It's really not. I one morning, <laughs> I, I had been up all night and I started watching the movie. Like, it had a little bit of sleep, and I was like, I'm going to make myself a big breakfast and watch this fucking movie. And I uh, started Joey's it. a cowboy right now, just well, so everybody know knows. I was a little hungover. So <laughs> I started watching it, and while I was eating, I go, this is Amelie. This is Amelie. Uh, a little Amelie. I, this is Amelie. I and by the fourth time, and I was like, this is fucking Amelie. And I just shut it off. Uh, Amelie's oh, a no. way better movie. I, and yeah, Amelie is one of my favorite films of all yeah. time. It's, that's why it took me having to like just like get some rest, <laughs> not be hungover, and then start watching it again. And like, okay, let's go back with the movie. But Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the plot... Even the like Shirley Temple dancing up and down the stairs. It's the, she's got her neighbor who she, they take care of each other kind of thing. I'm like, really, Guillermo? I totally love it's movies like Amelie. that, though. <laughs> I like the style. I think the fact that this was nominated, Amelie was nominated and won and should have won. But um, I, I do think that they're, that, that style is very lovely. But there were just too many similarities so yeah. fast on that I was <laughs> like, Ugh. I think I think there's some similarities there that they did a few things that I think they are more relevant now. Um, well, I'll, I'll talk about this in a second. Do you want to finish talking about color palette? Yeah. No, no. That, I mean, that was basically what I wanted to say. Just like the the way that they use the wardrobe. Yeah. And the hair, and even the, the hairstyling, and this and the rooms, right? Yeah. So like, but but I mean, we're talking about costume here, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but so I mean, in a totally different direction. <laughs> but like, but like, so Michael Shannon's character, yeah, you know him. Mm-hmm. Um. His whole family is yellow. It's like they're supposed to be this the the nuclear family. It's Mm -hmm. like a boy and a girl and a husband and a wife. And it's like and he's a government job. Really weird sex. And everything, yeah, everything is everything is yellow and perfect and sunny and bright. Except as he starts to descend into sort of frustration and madness over this creature and sort of uh, his at, at least at the time in the film um and inexplicable attraction to um Alyssa um Eliza Eli- what's with an S so I don't know it's Alma? Eliza okay anyways Amelie Amelie 
Oh, shut up. Eliza. So so anyways. Esposito. Eliza Esposito. Jesus, I don't know what I'm thinking of. So. I'm thinking of Phantom Thread, sorry. As he he starts to obsess, um, green starts creeping into his life. So first it's the car and the lab. um, And then there's a moment when he's. When there he's is, is he watching TV? He's peeing so, with yeah. no hands. No, he's he's watching TV, and there's a green light shining on the yellow wall behind him. It's oh. like every like green slowly starts to invade his entire life as he becomes more and more obsessed with the, green the fish and the fish girl, so to speak. The fish. Yeah. I'm looking at my. I'm mad at my some of my choices for things right now. They worship this um, guy in the Amazon. I got him in <laughs> chains. So okay, so. You picked. So I I picked um, Phantom Thread, I think, is going to win. I want Shape of Water to win. I picked the exact same thing for the exact same reasons. I remember remember early in the film, I I was like sort of giddy, and you were like, What? And I was like, I love how green her life is. (laughs) The pie, the jello, just. Yeah. It was, there was like signs from God all over this movie about what was supposed to, what was supposed to transpire. Yeah. And, um, but that's his style. Yeah, well, and I think there's something. I, I guess we. Uh, I mean, I'll wait till we get to best picture. Mm-hmm. Till we talk okay. bigger, bigger, bigger picture. Yes, things. and I've been trying to steer us in a million directions. Though, so I'm Steve, sorry, Steve. What you got? Costume design, homie. Uh, I doubled down on Phantom Thread okay. because it All is right. indeed a movie about costumes. Essentially, making costumes. And so you want it to win for that reason. I just think it's going to, and I figure, you know, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm down with him yeah. getting Oscars. You're um, like, I'll get another point. Yeah, but also, mm-hmm. if I if I have an outfit, and you have an outfit, and this is my phantom thread. There it is. You looking? He's, he's doing There We Blood. I have a phantom thread, you see? Mm-hmm. And my thread reaches across the room. Okay. I stitch your outfit. All right, so it's <laughs> Joey. I doubled down on phantom thread. You want that yeah. one? I, I do. I just... You're the only one, only one who's actually seen it, so... Yeah, but you know what the thing is? Is that, like, the shape of water... Again, I, this will probably go when we tar- just start talking about Guillermo del-, del Toro and his style. I think that it is very much his style. So sure. for costume design itself, that makes sense to win to me, but mm. I feel like Phantom Thread, with its... Like, Phantom Thread had something to prove. Like, not only was he impeccably dressed, and the dresses that he made for these women were very specific, and um, even the, down to the women who worked on the, the, the dresses themselves, it wasn't as, um, like, saturatingly beautiful as watching something like... Because it's like Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's use of, of colors, and it's like candy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Whereas this is different. It's a little more like... Sophisticate and you know whatever, but I I uh, I mean and of course like I also don't trust my goddamn self because I didn't <laughs> see Victoria and Abdul and sure. I don't know I have no idea and I Beauty and the Beast I was like oh that was a movie this year mm. <laughs> well I think the interesting thing about oh, Victoria and Abdul and I oh, didn't really? see it but um you know there there is some conversation into like you know the colonization of india and how um britannia essentially changed the culture and 
people that's a better bet to me and people coming from india to serve in a royal palace for a queen it changes definitely changes like how you dress and and how you present yourself and there's even a thing in the trailer about they go to scotland and he wears a kilt and she's like well you know what do you think of the kilt and he's like it's it's itchy (laughs) you know Um, i feel like that's a better bet but i think i we all we all picked phantom thread we all think phantom thread's gonna win but i think what you guys think about phantom thread without having seen it might be what's deceiving you interesting yeah that's all i'm saying possible can i say that's a big question mark yeah absolutely absolutely steve i stitch it up (laughs) ding ding dong all All right right. where are we sewing machine motions now visual (laughs) effects Uh, all-star visual effects i guess um i doubled down on one of these films I don't know if it's that she's... Joey's so excited. Where on the page is visual effects? <laughs> uh, all the way to the right. Okay, see it. I doubled down on Blade Runner 2049. Boom. Mm. Wow, Joey. I did. So, um... <laughs> Joey's dancing. <laughs> it, uh, it just really stood out to me, visual effects-wise. Like, it just... Every moment, there's some visual effects going on. Yeah. And every moment, it, like... It kind of blows you away, even though it's all kind of based on old, you know, an old, a movie that's 30, 40 years old, mm-hmm. 40 years old, 36, 30. Okay. Almost 40 years old. It, it's, it's really compelling. And, and you mentioned the Elvis thing earlier and there's just not just the fact that the, everything looked like it was done really well, but that it all felt like a world I wanted to be a part of. Like, oh, I really want this. Oh, I really want to do that. And I told, I was told Dizzy, I was like, if that ever happens in Vegas, we're going. Like, we're doing that. By the way, was the guy in the beginning of the movie? Was that the guy from um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, that's yeah, what that's, I thought. Uh, okay, Drax. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dave Bautista. Yeah. Also, Inspector. In oh, yeah. the movie Spectre. Um, oh, true. Yeah, so that's that's why I doubled down on that. I, I saw all of the others except for War for the Planet of the Apes. And I thought Kong Skull Island was really believable. I really kind of wanted to put that as my want, but that was a really well 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 made, good looking movie. Yeah, nothing nothing blew me away like Blade Runner did. Yeah. What you got, Steve? Not the ladies? Well, I mean, I kinda started going that oh, direction. Okay. I don't know. We can go the other way. Des? One of you ladies. Des, why don't you, we'll, go, we'll reverse it again. Okay, so for what I thought is going to win, I picked Star Wars. I think it's hard to go wrong with a Star Wars movie for visual effects. There are other good things. Um, but, you know, anytime it's in, something is in space, I think it's, it's like all visual effects. You know, it, it's... There have only been four movies to actually film in space. Really? Minus four. Four minus four. <laughs> I was like, Steve. this has happened? Steve. <laughs> I'm like, we're just talking to, what's his name? This is why this episode takes so long, Neil Steve. Neil deGrasse I beg to differ. Like, well, I've they really spoken. wanted to be for real about, you know, what it's like to shoot 
you know, her hair would be all over the place. And it's like, they're not going to spend the money trying to make her really look like she's an anti-grad. I mean, I mean, James Cameron wants to do it. But. Well, well, and Whoa. haven't some of them done it, like some shot scenes in that, like that plane that yeah, goes on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Vomit yeah. Comet. Yeah. Like, you're basically it? in space. Yeah, but, but they can only get what? Like, they can only yeah, get like thirty basically. seconds. It shots, simulates right? zero gravity. It's not in space. Oh my god! And how? Totally could you imagine? No, <laughs> I I, that sounds like a prison. Yeah, it sounds very. Especially intense. have how often you would have to do. Oh, oh yeah. I'd be like, no, it'd be really hard to shoot. But but some people have done it. I think I right? would not do what, it. What the vomit comet? Yes, people have filmed all the time. Yeah, filmed oh, yeah. it. Yeah, friggin' Apollo thirteen. I mean Apollo seventeen. Um, well, like that must be, yeah, Joey's totally right. That must be exhausting to film. Could you imagine just shooting a commercial for a roller coaster? How many times do you have to ride? Well, that they don't. Coaster? They don't shoot. Mind, they don't shoot like the whole movies. No, I know they don't shoot the whole movie, but still, if you need to get like, we're, we're all over the place. It's just we're all talking at the same time. They don't. It's not just that they don't shoot the whole movie in those things. They only shoot things that they can't do with wires, typically. Yeah. So, like Apollo thirteen, they might have been on wires for other stuff. But if they had to have like water floating or something, then they'd have to shoot something like that in there. But like, if they have to do five takes of it, <laughs> like they gotta go to like down and then back into it and then like out of it and then back into it and like sure because they can only maintain it for. Like thirty seconds or something, brief, right? Yeah. It's well, a really short amount of time. Okay, go did a whole music video. I think it's all in real time. Oh God, that's insane! That music video. Yeah, it is. It's cool. I can't believe I've only watched that once. Yeah, but that's what they're known for is doing everything in one take. But it's I mean, crazy. but I mean, my 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 reference is that when you're talking about it going, it normalizes. So you're actually seeing it happen. You're seeing the normalization, then weightlessness, then normalization, then weight, which is sort of what you're talking about. Yeah, it just it's it just must be tiring. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, probably. It probably really messes with your body. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, So you think Star Wars is going to... I said Star Wars. I mean, like I said, I think it's hard to go wrong with a space movie for visual effects. It's Star Wars. Sure. Everybody fucking loves Star Wars. Um, For my one, I picked Kong Skull Island because, like you said, it was really well done and totally believable. Like, there was never a time when I was like, well, that's clearly fucking fake. Which for a movie about an enormous monkey, you know, it's like, yeah. is, is you did you believe it? Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a certain suspension of disbelief because we know that that isn't real, but yeah, it looks really good. I like the stick bug. Come on, that you're octopus not. You're, did you just say I like the stick bug? Stick, stick bug. bug. Oh god, that <laughs> thing was nightmarish. <laughs> I forgot about that, and it's terrifying. Have you seen Kong Skull Island? No. It's cool. Yeah. When it's you really get cool. to the stick bugs, you're going to want to. The, the visual effects are really well done in that movie. I tried to watch the first Kong on a plane. Don't ever watch any disaster. Define the first Kong. <laughs> you mean the one with the Peter Jackson one? It's yeah. not very uh, good. That's why I was like, why would I watch this? Yeah. No, Kong Skull Island's a completely different yeah, like, movie. It's not in the same studio. Yeah. It's, it's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers instead, instead of Universal. Universal and. I, uh, it's worth watching. I won a prize because of the first King Kong once, but that's a story for another time. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's my picks. All right, so Joey. Oh, I just doubled down on, uh, what's it called? Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Ooh. All right. I'm very conflicted on this category because yeah. I like all these movies. Yeah. But I went with, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is going to win. Mostly because Kurt Russell's in it. <laughs> Sounds like you. And he's freaking awesome. Fair enough. Additionally, Zoe Saldana is in it. <laughs> Kurt Russell's side of the room over there. She's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, 
But uh, I feel like, you know, all, I mean, they're, they're all great. So I'm, I'm just saying, what the heck, take a chance on Guardians. I really think War of the Planet of the Apes should win. Yeah. Um, but a big part of what's problematic with that movie is as real as those apes and all the animals in it really look real and gorgeous and real, mm-hmm. the first 20 minutes of the movie features so many animals just getting killed in battle that it's very oh, wow. depressing. Oh. Like I was sitting there watching it and I was just like, not, oh, not a, uh, re- uh, something, something similar happens in, so uh, what's that movie? Zookeeper's Wife. Zookeeper's Wife. Yeah, it's real hard to watch. Of, I mean, it's hard to watch. The whole movie's hard to watch because really? it's about it's a bummer. You know, it's a bummer Holocaust, of a movie. Holocaust, just, but it's, it's a true story. It's it's worth it seeing. It's definitely good. worth seeing, but it is hard to watch. It's yeah. hard to watch, especially if you're an animal lover. No. Oh. Okay. Is it possible for us to take a break since this is such a long? Can we pause? Quick? We uh, we 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 don't have the edit. But we don't have a pause button. No. Oh. No, Joey. Like how Come on, Joey. Do you need to just run? Just, just get, get up, up and run. Jump around. Take your mic off, and we'll we'll start the next one. We'll start the next one, and by the time you come back in, hopefully it'll be your turn. There you go. There you just go. Just take your mic back off. So jo- jo- no worries. No, no, no need for anxiety. Al, dude. Oh. All right. So that was visual effects. Let me see where we're at visual here. We're we're just about halfway, guys. Woohoo! Jesus, that's oh my god. <laughs> this is always a long one. Well, to be fair, we started at just about an hour ago. So this might be shorter than last year's. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And by that I mean if it's under three hours, it's shorter than last year's. Alright, so we're gonna you know what, if if we if we don't see you back, we'll just we'll just read your off your paper. Okay. What is the next category? Oh, I can do my Joey impression. Production design. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve, you want to start production design? Production design. Ah, we t- there it is. All right. I went with Dunkirk. Okay. As you said earlier in the podcast, it's pretty hard to beat war when it comes to the Oscars. But we're also talking a movie that's got old-timey planes flying around, old-timey boats sailing around, great big warships sailing around. True. Beaches, the town of Dunkirk. What am I missing? Uh, that dock that they're all waiting on. What do they call it? The the monk. The yeah. The monk. Is that the monk? Right? I feel like that's right. That sounds familiar. Or the the moot. What do they call something? That? Was called the monk. I've, the mork. It's more. It's called the mork for mork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I really do feel like uh, Dunkirk's probably going to unlock that. However. I do want Blade Runner 2049 to win because there's just so much beautiful stuff in that movie. Yeah. And granted, there's an extra hour spent looking at all of it, but it's still beautiful <laughs> stuff. Okay. Uh, Des, what do you got production design? All right. Um, I went with, I think, I actually think Blade Runner is going to win. Um, That'd be cool if it does. I mean, I think there's just I think there's just something harder about production design when it's a world that doesn't actually exist. Mm. Like there, and we've kind of talked about this in regards to like costuming before. Sure. Where it's like if you're going to make a historical film, you have to get it right, so it, it is difficult that way in that yeah in that you know aspect. But like I don't know, I just I get more enjoyment out of seeing something fantastical, something you know unreal. Okay. Um, I can understand that. Sure. Is that so, what you want to win? 
No, I picked The Shape of Water. Okay. <laughs> like I said, this movie's going to come up a few times for me. Sure. Um, I really enjoy media in general that has a sort of fantasy, romantic aspect to it. Sure. Um, and I think that The Shape of Water did that really well in a lot of different aspects. So it's going to be on my list for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as production design, like, the the whole lab right like is insane it's i mean like awesome there are, lab. you know and there's like there's multiple different sets within the lab you know right. there's yeah. there's like the area room. where he's actually been keeping <laughs> the office the actual the lab. office there's like the, yeah. the hall the pipe hallway there's right. like and it's like it's all like believable the loading dock has but a cool still design. fantasy you know like everything about it feels like oh this could be a government lab this totally sure. could be a thing but uh, you know that it's not. Yeah. Or you hope that it's not, I guess. <laughs> I guess we don't know technically what goes on behind no, no, government no. We, doors. We but... know that it's not. <laughs> Steve, Steve with quotations over there. No, no, I wasn't making any. I was saying V for victory. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. V for like, victory. Like at the All end right. of World War II. <laughs> the Dunkirk. Uh, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I picked. I picked. I think Blade Runner is more likely to win, but I, I want Shape of Water to win for my own personal. I did the exact opposite. Whoa. <laughs> I picked Shape of Water is going to win, and I picked Blade Runner as I want it to win. I want Blade Runner to win because I just think it's just visually like a feast from all aspects. Visual effects and uh, production design and cinematography and stuff. But Joey's back and the dog's trying to figure out where she is. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you why I think Shape of Water is going to win. For the reason you said, the lab's a really good example, but... The theater. Um, the everybody's rooms are very, like the house and the two apartments are all very, very distinct. And the fact that they, you know, the water stuff in the apartments oh, and. That's a good point. Um, that drove me crazy, that scene. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was um, awesome looking, but they never address how much damage that would do. Yeah. Well, I want to <laughs> point out one really, like, I think probably a little overlooked for production design. One set from it is the pie shop. It yeah. is expertly yeah. designed. It to every tiny detail in yeah. there. There's so much there's just so much going on in there and it's a really interesting representation of both um 1950s 1960s kitsch but also um the the sort of the birth of inundating people with merchandise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just Everything is in your face in that place, mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful and claustrophobic at the same time. And i I think I, I think that's that's the movie to beat in this category. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I hope it wins. It's my pick for want to win, but I kind of think Blade Runner might win yeah. because so know. mine was the opposite, Joey. I I, I, I think Shape Water will win, but I want Blade Runner to win. Well, what did you pick for production design? Uh, I doubled down on Shape of Water. Yeah. Double and down. Do you want to expand it all? Or? I just think it was, it was just beautiful and everything, in a movie where everything has to be so on purpose, just based on the style. Again, right. it's, yeah, I just, and all, yeah, that one just, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 maybe four, four. <laughs> the Oscar goes to The Wape of Shotter. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so let's go to uh, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Sorry, it's getting, they're all in such a weird order. Original score Ooh. in the middle of the page, score. pretty much. Uh, Joey, do you want to start? I don't know why I doubled down on Phantom Thread. It's in, it's a good score. I you know I don't yeah I, again I, I I must just be tired that I can't find words right now but yeah words have failed me words have failed me it was a, right. it was a masterpiece of a of a movie it was very beautiful and it was um and I think the the music definitely spoke to that okay yeah. Well, there's something very, and I haven't seen the movie, but there's something um, very deliberate about the music. Like it's got an agenda. Mm-hmm. Like it, um, it's it's melodic and kind of soft, but it's also driven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, like, n- of course, not knowing much about the movie, but knowing it's about um, fashion designing, when I hear the music, I can in my head I see th- the thread. You know what I mean? Thing- I know the movie's probably not that based it's- on what you're saying. No spoilers. No, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, the trailer, when I saw the trailer, I thought it looked like a movie that was based somewhere around World War II, and it was like there were going to be secret notes about the war. Oh, I didn't think that at all. It's sewn into dresses. Like, that's exactly what I thought. (laughs) Oh, no. Wouldn't that be something? I thought it was going to be like more of a a relationship drama between him and the woman. It is. It is. But it's. it's, (laughs) We see see trailers very differently, you and I. absolutely is about a relationship between two people yeah but uh, there is drama to it yeah for sure yeah but there's there it's a little long and here okay so i'll just say that i appreciate that which is why i really enjoyed it you can see and probably it. why a lot of people hated it i love thomas anderson uh steve what you got oh you said you doubled down on that right i did okay so I didn't want to cut for you off. original score, right? Yeah, original score. I doubled down on Star Wars: The Phantom Thread. <laughs> Seriously, what did Starring you? Liam Neeson. No, I doubled down on Star Wars: The Last Jedi, only because, um, you know, I'm not terribly well versed in the, the scores from these other movies. I've seen them all except Phantom Thread, but I don't ever remember. I don't ever really remember being as moved as I get when I watch a Star Wars, which is cheating. Because Star Wars has been in my life since the day it's I was like born. It's a trip, yeah. Exactly. So I'll fully admit it's cheating, but I'm <laughs> doubling down on it anyway, baby. <laughs> All right. I double down on Shape of Water. Mm. I think when you... Uh, so how I feel about movie score is that the best movie score, you know what the movie is just from listening to like the melody so yeah. like when i listen to the i think the the finale of et like in the, the credits mm-hmm. is the greatest piece of movie music ever written because it it captures everything that happens in that film and when you listen to alexander desplat's uh i think that's how you say his last name um score it it's there's like you know it's a fairy tale and you know it's kind of magical and you know it's full of water there's it's like distorted by water and mm-hmm. it just i don't know I, like i said it just tells you everything you need to know about the movie and i and i think it's very it's also a very sweet and um it's one of those like you can't you can't it's hard to walk away from dunkirk and hum the score you know what i mean um even uh 
three billboards was nominated and it's got like you know it's kind of guitar and slow and twangy you can't it's hard to walk away from that and hum that but like the um shape of water is so distinct that it i don't know it really stands out to me that's okay i said that what i think is gonna win is dunkirk interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh that's really great um it's very subtle it is very subtle it's really subtle and i think but i think that's part of why i picked it like not just because it's subtle, but because it it it's like sorry, trying to like think of the how to put it like it moves with the film the way it needs to. I think sure. it's hard to write a score for a war movie, like mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I don't write music, so I don't really know for <laughs> sure. But, but you're a musical person. But yeah, I, I I have you know been a singer. I have played the French horn for about two seconds in fifth grade. <laughs> to my credit, obviously, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I I I love music, um, and I I think that, like I said, I think for a war movie, it can be very difficult to create a score that doesn't. Um, overshadow the what's happening like i I think you make a really compelling argument i I think like so hans zimmer has a knack for um making his music almost sound like ambient noise Mm -hmm. so you you feel like the music is actually a part of what's going on in the movie Mm -hmm. it doesn't take you out of it 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 heightens the emotion of what's happening yeah without like you said taking you out of it yeah um i want shape of water to win <laughs> the the music is so good and and you're right it, it it completely you hear the music and you know what the movie is about like even if you're if not watching the movie and hearing it at the same time like we just listened to it you know sure. a couple hours ago and I was like oh yeah this is the, this is the movie like this is yeah. the movie like it just so embodies everything that that movie is so your stomach growling some my more stomach growling a little more oh my you goodness really chilly. Um. Yeah. Okay. So let's move to original song. Boring. I'll, I'll I'll start and we'll have Steve finish. We all know what's gonna win. All right. I picked. I think the one that's going to win is "This Is Me" from The Greatest Showman. Um. It's of all of these songs, I think it's the best selling of them all from last year. Mm. Um. I think so. Uh, as far as like buying like albums and singles, I think it's I think this is me was the best selling of them. I'm not 100 percent sure I, I, on that, but I think it's pretty it's pretty high. Um, I also think it's an anthem that is relevant right now that yeah. people are really into like empowerment. Well, yeah, an empowerment. Um, I that's not the one I picked that I want to win. Mm-hmm. The one I want to win is stand up for something from Marshall. Ooh, I freaking love the song um i think and it's funny because i actually think it's more an even more relevant song for what's going on politically in the united states right now um between you know women's marches and gun reform um health care uh, immigration it 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 feels really really relevant right now and who doesn't love common common's awesome 
Uh, Des? Sorry. Let's do this. Best original. Sorry, song. Walt. Uh, Walt need to come see me. Hi, Walt. Oh, you smelling my microphone? Mmm. Does it smell like my fireball breath? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Okay. I actually picked the opposite of West. <laughs> I picked. I think that uh, stand up for something. Um, will win. Yeah. And kind of for some of the same reasons that you said that you think this is me will win, like. It is, it's kind of, it's kind of an anthem, but more mm-hmm. of a, like a soulful anthem. Yeah. Um, you know, This Is Me is a little more like pop, which sure. maybe could end up making it win. Um, but. Um, yeah. This Is Me has got a very good like, Katy Perry kind of vibe to it, right? Yeah. Like a very roar. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I don't know. I thought, I thought stand up for something might win because it might. Uh, Speak to people or. Well, not just that, but. um it might win over this is me just because the style is a little more like serious kind of it's not that sure. serious but more serious than yeah than uh this is me so that's why i thought it will win but i want this is me to win um be more because personally the um message feels more relevant to me specifically as an artist and yeah yeah, yeah. and as a like you know weirdo and yeah and, <laughs> no yeah no it's like true the, the whole movie's kind of about outcasts outcasts yeah. and, and uh you know You're, yeah that's a good point it just that i personally that's what i would want to win josephine you know it's interesting i uh the only two out of this list that i saw i saw call me by your name and i saw 45 minutes of mudbound i went <laughs> Or I double down on Mighty River just because mm. I'm like Mary J. That's the Mary J. Blige yeah, song. it's Mary J. Blige. Yeah. It's, it's a good song too. And I really think that like if she doesn't win for that for the for actress, I feel like she would be winning for the music. That's a very Hollywood Academy thing. Yeah. Choice. Baby girl, just took a sorry to get a big drink of Fireball. Um, if Mystery of Love is the song I'm thinking about it and Call Me By Your Name, I'm like, I, re- I remember thinking I loved that song. It's beautiful. It is. It's really beautiful. It's a I really mean, beautiful and song. It's surprisingly period appropriate. Yeah. But yeah. still but still appropriate modern. for modern. Yeah, it's still modern. Yeah. There's still something about me that thinks that, like, of course, it's the it's going to be the animation movie of the year and their big song, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I didn't see the other, so- uh, the other movies, so I can't say that. But I doubled down on Mighty River just on a basic, like, I think that's what the Academy's gonna do. I've never heard the song. I think it's a now Joey's a gangster. I I think it's I think that's a again a lot of these categories are so difficult to to try and guess, and this is one where I think there's three songs that I think could easily win. But Steve, I'd like to modify my vote. Uh oh, based on nothing that any of you have said. <laughs> Because I'm going in the completely opposite direction. I don't know. Can this be? Can this be allowed? I don't know if he can I, I'll, change. I'll, his I'll allow it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Because, well, well, let's hear his reasoning actually before. So, what did you originally pick? My original picks are: I think Coco is going to win. Yeah, I knew you would pick that. And I want stand up for something to win. Yeah. I want to double down on Coco. Oh. You, you wow. know, okay. I, I say we let him. Yeah, it's I, a big risk for him. It is a risk. Yeah. No money on this. You 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 did this last year. You were convinced that Mo, that the Moana song was going to win last year. What won? Uh, Not Moana. City of Stars. 
which From honestly Lana. was Academy which was honestly not the best song in, in that movie which we talked about during the podcast but La La Land. La La Land, Land, which like everybody hates now because it's up its own ass. Like to quote the movie, <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. I love a I musical. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a musical. But it's one of those like but Hollywood. It is, yeah, it's not like the best musical I've ever seen in my life. And you're like Emma Stone didn't fail. <laughs> yeah, She's even a failure. <laughs> that just made me even more sad than I was about La La Land. So, uh, in brief, I really enjoyed La La Land like the first two times I saw it. And then like in retrospect, I was kind of like, oh boy, that movie's got a lot to complain about. But, it does, but there are some good songs. Let's let's not delve too much into La La Land. That was, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so 2017. Oh my God, that's so last year. 2017. Um, so just like right after the inauguration. Um, so I'm doubling down on Remember Me and Coco. I'm changing my vote. I'm doubling down right. on Coco. Because it's Pixar. They almost always win. Also, a friend of mine pointed out a few weeks ago when I was complaining about Remember Me and Coco. Because here's the thing. It's a cute little ditty. And it's used very powerfully in the movie. But it's not really a good song. In terms of songwriting craft, Remember Me is just kind of like, all right, cute little ditty. I get why the character wrote it. That's why I saved Steve for last. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) Did it make me weep a grandson's tears while watching those movies, the, those, those scenes. Wait, so just so you know, Desi and I have not seen Coco. You guys yeah. haven't seen it? Yeah, no, seen no spoilers. Frickin' cry at least twice. Did Hard Out Here for a Pimp win that one year when it won? Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay, so I think you guys are... Interesting. I mean, we're flipped, but we're close is what yeah. you're saying. Hard Out Here for a Pimp. Um, but... A friend of mine pointed out a couple of weeks ago when I was complaining about Remember Me and Coco for the umpteenth time. The song is used... There are essentially three different versions of the song used in the movie. Right. And so I think that might give it the edge, the final edge to the multi-blade sword that is Remember Me and Coco. Uh Uh-huh. It's a kid's movie. Kids means their parents are going... Academy voters are parents and grandparents. They're watching Coco with the grandkids. They're having a did nice you, cry. The They're Frozen, voting for the song. Did the Frozen song win? Or was it even not? Well, that's only Disney. That's not Pixar. I don't know. I don't know if that meant. I actually think you missed something that I think maybe could give it the push. Go ahead. The fact that part of the song is in another language. That and, could very well give it the push. And I think, and yeah. I think mm. diversity could be the thing that pushes it. Could be. Uh, again, like this is a really tough category. Um, yes. and I a think, lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think, I think the, you know, I was really torn about the Mary J. Blige song as well. Um, and then you know, Coco does seem like an obvious choice, but yeah, I, I think I'm stick with my. You know, I mean, obviously I'm not going to change it because that'd be against the rules. But all I'm doing is doubling down on what <laughs> no, I thought no, no. was going to win. No, no, no. We we said okay. Well, That's I appreciate fine. you letting me make that change. Uh, let's because. Let's move on to... Uh, I drink your cocoa! Adapted screenplay. Get it? It worked. Adapted screenplay. Um, there it is. I'll start. Bottom right corner. I doubled down on this one. Yeah? I doubled down on Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Wow. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know... I don't want to talk too much about Call Me By Your Name until we get a little later into the to the nominees. Um, but uh, for 
adapting the story. Um, Mudbound was a close one, I think, because from what I understand, like it's supposed to be, you know, it's told from different people's perspectives, and the movie was very true to that. Um, yeah, I think I I have great respect for somebody who like I, I from what I understand does justice to an already written piece of work and leaves room to do more later on. Like he didn't he didn't use the whole book, so so apparently there's gonna be a sequel, uh, which has me very excited. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's, I, I think that movie's very special, but we'll, I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, Steve, adapted screenplay, right? We reverse it again. Mm-hmm. I think Molly's Game is going to win. Did any of you guys see Molly's Game? It's, no. it's Aaron Sorkin. Nope. So that I mean, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin's Sorkin, a good guy to bet on. It's a, it's a, it's you know a super fresh story. I mean, I think, I think the movie takes place in like twenty. 15 yeah, and it's recent some of the events that they flash back to are like 2010 so it's super recent it's extremely entertaining and compelling the whole way through um i think it's gonna win even i'm not even that huge a fan of the movie but is, is that your want to that's no i didn't double down on that and i'm still uh-huh. tempted not to because i kind of am tempted to yeah but my want is logan because frankly that. The idea of a freaking Wolverine movie getting an Oscar just geeks you. Geeks me right out, you know? So like yeah. it's like it's the one category Logan's nominated in. I got to I got to put some confidence behind it. You know my only problem with Logan is that it's not I totally get what you're saying and I love the idea All of a white people movie. in it. Uh no. Um my problem with it being nominated in an adapted screenplay is that it's not really very um, true to any one particular story, like yeah. it's like it's it's not based on a a book that I've kind of followed. Yeah. Whereas these other films, I think, kind of follow that stuff a lot, lot closer. Right. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just like pieces of a bunch of different stories. I loved it. I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Movie. That's why it's so hard. Like that's a, that's a great argument against right. why it yeah. wouldn't win. But I'm I'm also with wouldn't it be so cool if a Wolverine movie yeah. won? If, if it doesn't win and I don't get any and points then, for it, I'll be really happy. And then he sliced the Oscar anyway with his adamantium <laughs> claws. You know? Oh, it's me. Yes, yeah, you. Okay, so adapted screenplay. You know what? I honestly thought that the disaster artist would win. It uh, might. Just I mean, because it's getting a, a, so much press. It's entertaining sure. as hell. I don't know if it's the Academy's uh, yeah. jam, but sure. my choice was Call Me By Your Name because I just loved it. Yes. Okay, so I have a really hard time with this category because they're all so good. Yeah. Um, and I literally scribbled one out and changed it yeah. while I was doing it because I was just like, I can't, I can't make up my mind because they're all so good. Um, I think that Call Me By Your Name will win. Okay. Um, I put that I want Mudbound to win. Oh. Um, like I said, I had a really hard time with this. The thing that I crossed out was disaster artist. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, I want this to win, but because it's so fun and we're connected yeah. to it, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't um, look at robot crab. But I. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? He's like sensitive or something. Yeah, he's shy. He's shy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but then I crossed it out because I was like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's the Academy's jam. I don't know if it's 
really gonna win. And do you think that like you do I want it to win just because I I think it's funny and and I I like the the content and the context. And do you yeah. appreciate it more or than the it, others? That's, yeah, I guess that's another right, question. Right. You know? And do we want to run the risk of Tommy Wiseau stepping onto an Oscar stage? Oh, I don't think yeah. he's invited. I'd yeah. be surprised if he was invited. Because it's not his book. That's not his screenplay. Right. Greg Sestero might be invited. I don't but know. But maybe somebody brings him as their plus one. Yeah. Like Greg Sestero. Like Greg Sestero. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so scary. Yeah. So anyway. I... <laughs> it's so scary. It's <laughs> scary. One of my clients was in the room. Really? No, which, no, oh, my God. That's in, so funny. Which, do you know who they were in the room? Uh, yeah. I forget her. I have, I have to look her uh, actual name up to find what the character is. She's When you first see her, she and her boyfriend decide to go into... <gasps> and like make she's out. Played by, ca- she's oh played by June God. Diane Raphael. Whoa! Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh my God. See, I know so we are funny. so connected to this. We've seen this movie so Robin many times. Paris is her name, and she's hysterical and lovely, lovely human being. She yeah. actually started a whole like uh, room actors. Where are they now? Thing. That's oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's oh my God, that's too funny. Does she get residuals from like the midnight screenings and all I, that? No, I think it. I don't know whatever loophole they got in, but I don't think they see any of that. Wow. Well, they probably did. It was like a one and done. It was like ultra low budget, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, oh, damn I mean, it wasn't, though. Like, well, it wasn't in the end, right. <laughs> like, he spent a crap load of money on that movie. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure it was, yeah, like pitched as a low budget. Like, you get paid for the movie and that's it. Like, yeah. at the end of the I mean, they didn't know. Whatever. They didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah. You're and I'm sure even during the fa- and even for <clears throat> 10 years after, it did nothing. So, you know. I'm sure they weren't. All right, but um, anyway, um, so yeah. Anyway, I uh, you already did yours. Yeah, I, you? I, I I picked "Call Me by Your Name." I think will win, and "Mudbound" as my I yeah. it to win. All right, so I get, I'm getting confused. All right, we're on original screenplay. Um, Joey, do you want to start? I doubled down on "Get Out." Okay, mm. that's good. Just that's it. I just I've never seen anything like that. And for it to be on the big screen, done uh, by a big company, was enthralling. To yeah, me. I just, I just thought I'd never, I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, this is something for, again. It sort of felt historic, like yeah. the, the fact that a year later they did a free screening of it last yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, it's like unheard of. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. I just thought I thought it was one of a kind, and it, it was novel. It was. Really risky. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I wanted to win for that reason. And I, you know, it's like The Shape of Water. I didn't think was that great of a story. I thought it was a typical story. It's a, it's a pretty standard fairy tale. Exactly. Three billboards. Yes. Okay. Interesting. The big sick was sweet. Lady Bird was a slice of life. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, the big argument for it right now, right, is that it's it. It accurately captures something that I think is often portrayed as uh, very cartoony or over dramatic, and that like I think a lot of people are really identifying with the characters in Lady Bird, and I think that's the reason why it's people are so kind of enthralled by it. It, ju- it just didn't stick out to me like that. Yeah, for, I think it, it sat on the surface where it's it it set in for most people. For me, it sat on the surface, yeah. and I don't know if I'm a cynical fucking old lady at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, maybe if I was younger it would have affected me differently, but I'm like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I didn't identify with the characters or anything, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think like the phenomenon around Lady Bird is is the fact that so many people do sort of go, I was just like that in even Greta Gerwig wasn't like that, you know, like like it's not autobiographical or anything. Um she wasn't rebellious, but I think it feels real to a lot of people. I, I absolutely, and it was yeah. very sweet. I just think, in terms of originality, you're like, eh. In terms of originality, get out, hands down. Sure. D- Des, what you got, um, girl? So I picked, I think, three billboards. It's going to win. Uh huh. Um, Is that because I was like, oh my god, the story. <laughs> No, I mean, I heard. <laughs> yeah, most I know. I'm, of just it. I'm just teasing. And the dialogue is not just does it tell a story, but it captures the people who are in the story. Yeah. Like the dialogue is so, like, funny and, like, real. And I don't know. I just, like, I felt like the story. I was ultra guilty while I was watching it, by the way, because I knew you were in the other room and you could hear it. And I was like, it's, this is ruining the movie for her because she's not actually getting to visually take yeah, it in. And, and, and I want I want to I felt sit so down guilty. and actually watch it. But I could tell that, like, even just from hearing the performances, I could tell that they were good. You know, that the, the emotion was there and that they were in the But do you think that's screenplay? And, well, no, I mean, some of that's acting. You know, yeah. obviously, some of it's directing, some of it's probably mm-hmm. cinematography. I think there's a lot of aspects to it, but um, I think that to tell that story in a, such a real way, like none of the characters are perfect, like they're mm-hmm. all flawed, they're uh-huh. all like absolutely, they're all going through something, you know, that, sure. that taints their it's a reality. Great story. It's a great yeah, story. yeah, yeah. So that's. That's it's your character heavy. You're right. Yeah. So that's why I picked that. I I picked that I want Get Out to win because it is so freaking good and so like original and like yeah, just great. All right. I'm sort of flipped on you again. I picked. I think Get Out is going to win. Um, I had a hard time with this because a big piece of me wants Get Out to win. Um, I I love a good underdog story and I kind of feel like this is sort of the underdog movie. Um, it's like the movie nobody saw coming, which I think is sort of to your Very point, true. Joey. Yeah. Um, but I, I really just from a story perspective, I really loved three billboards. I, I thought it was compelling from beginning to end. There was never a moment where I was like, eh, I'd rather be doing something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree with you. I don't want yeah, to cut yeah. you off. I yeah. Get, yeah. I that's, think that's the one thing get out where it gets real weird. Is yeah. Right at the end. yeah. You're like, whoa. That's the part I like the most about it. <laughs> I know, I know, but it does, it definitely switches. Even yeah. It's been surreal up to this point. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like in my laboratory in my basement. This yeah. Is what I got the skulls. Mustache twisty, very, right. very much. <laughs> but, but yes, three billboards was more comprehensive. Well, and there's, I like it when writers play with expectations. I like it when directors do it and actors do it as well. But there's, um. There's something that's built in. I don't want to spoil it, so I'll be kind of vague. Um, a letter is read at some point in the film, which sets up an expectation of we, what we think is going to happen in the film, and whether talking it does about, or doesn't. You got to talking about three billboards. Three yeah, billboards. Yeah. Um, whether that thing does or doesn't happen, you have to kind of watch it and wait to find out. But um, b- 
because they kind of build the the movie's kind of full, full of them building these expectations like the introduction of the 19 year old girlfriend and sort of how like kind of weird and flighty she is and she you expect her to be kind of a distance she kind of is but your expectation for that is you're not supposed to like her but you kind of really do like her especially when you see her later in the restaurant um and you and you worry for her you know um you empathize um so i really liked that they that they built all of these expectations throughout the story uh sam rockwell's character alone like how they sort of wrote that character and sort of the journey that that character takes is really really impressive so i um I, I really loved Three Billboards. Can I can I say something really quick just yes. about Sam Rockwell? From listening to that movie, yeah, I had no idea who he was in it. Like he's mm. so good. Like he so good. he's so yeah. In the you didn't character. know that Sam Rockwell? No, I have no idea. I don't know who he was in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell like, you. We'll we'll get to it. Yeah, but because like like he's so good at like being the character. Yeah. That, like, you're never like, oh, that's Sam Rockwell. From hearing him. The first him. time I fell in love with him, I was like, oh, oh man. Yeah, he's so good. And, like, Moon, yeah. oh, Moon. my God. Oh, he's just in it. Yeah. He really yeah. is. He's such a good performer. Well, in Seven, he's really great in Seven Psychopaths, and he did, the, like, that little indie Mr. Right last year, which was a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Charlie's Angels. Okay. I just want to point out I've been in love with Sam Rockwell. Since Glory Days, so no big deal. Oh, you're better than the rest <laughs> like of us, there are sir. Some no big actors deal. like and um, kind of since Ninja Turtles Part One, so uh, no big deal. <laughs> the main guy, um, what do you, what do you, Harrelson? Like you know that's him. Like you hear his voice and you oh, know yeah, that's yeah. him. Like it's obvious, but yeah. like I had no idea Sam Rockwell was even in it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> funny, pretty cool. What you got, sir? I was very conflicted on this cat. Yeah, I enjoy all five of these movies. We've got some uh, actor crossover happening between uh, Three Billboards and Lady Bird and uh, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Got me conflicted. So I kind of just picked randomly on this one. Mm. I think Lady Bird is going to win. That's just what I chose. Interesting. And I put a star for my personal pick by The Big Sick. Because as much as I like these other movies, I'm like, hey, I also like Kumail and his wife. And uh, what if they won an Oscar? Why not? It's such a sweet story. It was another, like, one where I was kind of conflicted, where I was like, I really like, it's just just a perfect, like, story about an American dream from a non-American, you know? Um, Yeah. But, I mean, they're all good. Yeah, they are all really good. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, this might be one of the toughest original screenplay nominee lists I've ever looked at. I will say the one that I'm I'm not like compelled by is the shape, shape of, water. of water. Yeah, but there is something that is partially a, a, a written thing, but I don't want to talk about it till we get to best picture right. or best director. One of those two. All right, number seventeen. All right, animated feature film. Animated feature. There uh, it is. Who should start this one? I guess I will. I will. Desi's pointing at me. All right. I believe that. The Boss Baby's going to win. I'm just joking. That's not going to win. Come on. I was going to make that same joke. Uh, I believe Coco's going to win. Um, I wasn't totally sure. I haven't seen it, so it's difficult. But, I, you know, it's hard to, to root or to vote against Pixar. Um, I don't think Ferdinand has the juice. Um, the Boss Baby is terrible. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry for anybody who's listening that liked it. 
or people that were in it or whatever. But like in this climate, that m- movie should not have been made. It's there's a whole like poor taste. There's a there's a dick Hollywood dick sucking joke to get ahead in the in the movie. There's also in a the butt plug boss, joke, baby. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's wow. It's barely veiled. Like there's a whole thing about. You know, in order to see the corporate the corporate secret, you gotta suck the pacifier, suck it faster, and like, wow, it's there's even like a thing like the dad comes in the room and then like sees what's going on and slowly backs out, like closes the door. It's like, oh, what we're seeing behind closed doors, but not talking about like wow. weird like thing to be in a children's movie. Right. I, Super I was not very uncomfortable by it. Um, it had it had moments that I thought was like, oh, there is some a little bit of heart in here. Um, but yeah, it, it was a turn off that movie, but anyways, that's not what I picked, obviously. So I picked Coco, um, but it's not the one I want to win because I want something besides Pixar to win. Um, so the, uh, I, for my want, I picked loving Vincent, um, besides the fact that it's not Pixar, that it's a drama about Vincent Van Gogh, which is interesting. And the whole thing is done paint in paint. In the same uh, impressionist style as Van Gogh paintings, and like uh, actually same, done in paint, not like actually done in like paint and oil paint, digitally wow. done to look like paint. Like it's actually done. Every in oil frame paint. is painted. Yeah, um, so it's really interesting to me. I feel like it's really different and really special. So I want it to win. I don't think it has a shot. Um, I also uh, I watched uh, the Breadwinner, which is kind of a timely um, tale about. Um, an Afghani girl who her uh, father, the only well, there's a a little boy, but he's pretty much the father's pretty much the only male in the family. Um, Sort of smart mouths, some Taliban people and they take him away to prison and the family has no method for getting food or money because women aren't allowed to buy anything and they can't leave the house by themselves. themselves. Um, and so she cuts her hair and pretends to be a boy to become sort of the breadwinner for the family. Mm. And it's an, it's a cartoon. And wow. it's it's um like a traditional 2D hand-drawn thing. And then there are moments throughout. Um, it's almost like flashbacks, but she's telling um, like almost like a – she's telling a, almost like a bedtime story. Mm. And all of those scenes are, are done in a style of like cut-out paper dolls. And it's really, really cool. Um, the breadwinner. So I kind of like that one too, but um, yeah, I think Coco's gonna win. So I pick Coco to win. Loving Vincent as the one I want. Desi's over there burping again. Hey, at least I'm at least I did it into my arm, away from the microphone this time. Uh, let's go this way again, Steve. <laughs> Doubling down on Coco. Uh, haven't seen any of the others, but also it's Pixar. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. Uh, one thing I really liked about Coco, on a personal level, yeah. was every frame of the movie looked like one of my dad's old t-shirts back when he was in his t-shirt making <laughs> days because cool. he loaded them with so much detail and so much color that five minutes in i was like this looks like a fred moulton t-shirt right here cool. and so that made me feel special That's and this. then i cried twice but um i'm not gonna hold that oh, against the movie right now and uh yeah just mostly the same reasons with the song like i think a lot of academy voters took their kids and their grandkids to see this mm-hmm and Pixar just always wins, man. It's the most accessible. Accessible. Most accessible. And it helped me better understand Dia de, Dia de los Muertes. Yeah, I don't know that much Los, about it. los Muertos. 
They, they yeah. say it's so fast in the movie. I think it's Muertos. Muertos sounds right. They say it's so very fast I don't in the movie. Know. But you know, I'd heard <laughs> I'd heard the occasional explanation of it, and I was, I was like, oh, okay. But this really helped, really put it all into perspective, and I, I appreciated that. All right, all double right. down. And all that right. thing with the wings was cool. I don't know who that is, but oh, okay, you'll see. It's on the posters. <laughs> Um, I, am, I just doubled down on Coco. I hadn't seen any of them. I definitely knew it wasn't going to be Boss Baby because I've heard <laughs> similar things. Right. What um, somehow Boss Baby? It just, how it yeah, how's it so even bad. nominated? And for this best picture as an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, it's like a 13, it's like a 13 year old. What I heard about it was it's like that you're identifying with like 13 year old humor kind wow. of thing. It's like that's not. But just because it's the Academy and the more... I just went with Coco. Double down. All right. This? Um, I doubled down on Loving Vincent. Interesting. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. I like it. Dark Horse. That is a very bold move. It's super artistic and it's about an artist. And I think that, you know, Hollywood can certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Um, You know... Coco maybe probably has a pretty good shot because it is Pixar and Pixar always freaking wins. Um, you the Joeyism just now. <laughs> your voice there. She's, she's, she's rubbing off on me. Um, I have not seen a single one of these, so it's <laughs> hard for me to pick. But just from what I've seen from like previews and and what I've heard, I, I'm I'm doubling down on Vincent. I'm putting my nice. money on loving Vincent. All right, yeah. moving on. We're gonna speed up. Cinematography, Des, what you got? Cinematography. There it is. Right below. Um, <laughs> right below the one we just did. Um, okay. All these movies, again. <laughs> really good yeah they're all they all look great uh i think blade runner will win Mm -hmm. um it's super cinematic i mean you know so is dunkirk so is darkest hour i actually i almost went darkest hour with this Mm -hmm. one um and maybe i don't know maybe you can tell me wes i don't know what what uh category this falls under Mm -hmm. but there are a few shots in the film where winston is in an elevator okay and he is going you know up or down or whatever from Uh the the sort of the the little underground the war room area to where he lives with the big board sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um and the the only thing on the screen that you can see is the inside of the elevator and it takes up maybe a not even a quarter of the screen. Sure. Like you can see the whole elevator as like a rectangle surrounded by black. Yeah. And it's so like visually striking, yeah. but like meaningful in that like he's totally alone. Yeah, absolutely. Like he is, you know, no one is in the position that he's in. Yeah. So it's it's significant. I don't know if that's cinematography yeah absolutely i mean it, okay so so composition is defined by the artful and meaningful placement of an object within the frame right and so i think you like hit the nail on the head like compositionally that's you know it's like robert de niro in once upon a time in america you know he gets out of the car and he the camera's like really far away and you just see him and the car and the road and the field. And he's completely and utterly desperately alone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you're, you're like right on with this. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely cinematography. So yeah, it it, it directing it was, to some extent as yeah, well. Yeah, it was it was very striking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost picked that, but um, I don't know. I think Blade Runner, like that's you know for for Darkest Hour. There's a you know I think the cinematography again on all of these is so good. Yeah, it's hard to pick, but um, you know Blade Runner's got so much going on visually yeah. and composition wise, yeah. and and it just, I. I think it's going to win. Um, for what I want to win, I might have picked Shape of Water. <laughs> I mean, it's, can I you mean, guess how I like that movie? It's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. No, shot. It really is. It's, it's beautiful, and and the just like I said, like that kind of story is I love. Like I love like Pushing Daisies, for example, the, yeah. the television series. The Brian Fuller, yeah, and and like just that that visual style and the way that those stories are told visually as mm-hmm. speaks to me did a you lot. Did Pan's Labyrinth? Did I see Pan's Yeah. I didn't I love I Pan's did. Labyrinth. I um, think... I you don't think... remember seeing Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> I don't think... I, don't I think wish I could forget. It, it didn't strike... If I remember correctly, it didn't strike either of us as particularly something we loved. Oh, but it was so um, terrifying. Yeah, that's I mean... the thing. See, like, I, I love... The, it's not just the visual style. It's the, it's the visual style, like related to the story like it's yeah. it's romantic it's fantasy it's it's like you know a little bit crazy and like kind of out there and like not realistic but well there's something about especially the water stuff in mm-hmm. shape of water um that I, I feel like if you look at any one of those like just a still frame especially with the like really green stuff like near the end yeah um it's a, one of those still frames is like the definition of haunting to me. Yeah. Like it just kind of sticks with you. It's like beautiful and looks kind of like a music box ballerina. And, you know, they, they sort of like not so subtly hinted dancing early in the film. And, and that's sort of what is going on in these mm-hmm. in the shots like that. And uh, so I, I get what you're saying. It's definitely like haunting and it definitely sticks with you and it's romanticized. Yeah, and it's just like it's so like the the colors are so saturated. Mm-hmm. I mean, color is like color is so important to that movie. Well, and color right. is so important to me personally. Yeah, yeah especially you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, like like it's it's a part of my everyday life. Like I, I that's see a specialty those, of yours as well. Right, is like and, color matching and things. Yeah, yeah. and like I see, I, like I see those videos of like people who are colorblind and they they put those glasses on for the for they can see color for the yeah. first time, and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot imagine not being able to see color mm-hmm. like i i have everything such an acute like sure. perception of color yeah. that anything that's like has that pays so much attention to color like that just always really sticks with me so right. mm-hmm. all right josephine we are on what are we talking about uh, <laughs> sorry uh, i doubled down on blade runner just because uh, based off of the other ones i've seen uh i think what i haven't seen of blade runner much like I was talking about with you guys in terms of, you know, like costume design with um, Phantom Thread. I just think Blade Runner will probably win it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another one that's it is very, you know, the color palette is very important and very, you know, thought out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Steve, Steve Reno. I'd like to accept oh. this Oscar on behalf of Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. Batman. So are you doubling down on that? No, or? I think okay. Dunkirk is going to win. Yep. I want Blade Runner 
2049 to win because, frankly, with every tick of the clock that it gets close to Oscar, you know what we get, Wes? What's that? We get a better Denny Villeneuve-directed Doom. It's already on IMDb. Are they going to redo Doom? Yeah. Danny Villeneuve, director of Blade Runner, Prisoners. Actually, gosh, what actually, other stuff? I hate to, I hate to be the bearer of bad. Actually, I kind of enjoy being the bearer of bad news for Dune because I <laughs> not I say the bearer of bad dunes. <laughs> okay, Steve and I we have a little bit of a he loves Dune and I'm not a fan, but we watched it for the podcast anyways. I love the concept. I don't um, love the movie. So well, no, I'll, I love it, but I'll is, admit it's terrible. There is talk that he is being courted for the next James Bond film, which would delay Dune. Ooh. So just FYI. Hey. Um, Dune's always worth the wait. Yeah. Even when it's not. <laughs> Even when it's not silent. Let that sink in. All right. <laughs> and Dunkirk has three letters that make up the word Dune. <laughs> so that's why it's going to win. Already. <laughs> Spice must flow, Wes. Uh, okay, is that... What were you two? Uh, Blade Runner and... Dunkirk will win. Dunkirk. Blade Runner, I want to win. I doubled down on Blade Runner. It's it's Roger Deakins' year. He's, he hasn't won ever. And he is uh, um, unparalleled as a cinematographer. Um, just, I'll, just give, I'll read a few of his... Besides Blade Runner, Sicario, mm. um, Skyfall, True Grit, uh, The Assassination of Jeff, Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford... Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Valley of Elah. I mean, like he is on a level. Like, he does. He does most of the Coen Brothers stuff. Um, he's just on a level that other other cinematographers aren't on. Yeah, so and he, time for him. yeah, he's never won. And so I think, yeah, I think this is. And and I challenge people to find a shot in Blade Runner that's not a piece of art. Like, yeah, it, it is. This is Susan Lucci. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope. I I, I hope. No, I mean, no, um, yeah, I mean, Susan Lucci, I mean, it's a long time before Spielberg won a best director award, you know, Um, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's his year. And I think besides the fact that it's his year and he's due, it's just a stunning piece of art. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Oh, man, the lighting in it. It's just incredible. (laughs) All right. I will finish it. I promise. Yeah. Um, 19. Okay. We're getting into the good stuff here, guys. Actress in a supporting role. Oh, yeah. <gasps> it sounds like we should start with Joey again. Jeez. He's so frustrated. Uh, uh, Desi, why don't you start? Uh, okay. Actor, actress, actress. Actress, actress in a supporting in role. In a supporting Found role. It. Found it. Um, I'm here wrong. Uh oh. We'll allow you to change it if you want. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to you in a second, I guess. Go. Uh, okay. Um, I picked uh, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. I think she's going to win. I haven't seen the movie, so yeah, I'm, not... I'm curious why you think she's going to win. <laughs> I'm not basing that on a ton, honestly. Um, the rest of you bitches was terrible. Well, so, <laughs> it's not so much that. Uh, Allison Janney, I think, was really good. She's not in it that much. Well, I mean, it's a supporting role there. None of them are in it that I much. I know, but I don't know. She's good, but All right, I, don't so, I don't think she has, I don't think she's going to win it. Lady Bird, I don't, I just, 
I feel like, and we, you know, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but like, I feel like it's not that original of a story. So I, I just didn't, it, no, nothing from that movie really stuck to me because okay. I feel like I've seen it before. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, not that it wasn't good. So wait, to, so you think... So I think Leslie Manville is okay. going to win it. I want Mary J. Blige to win it. She was so good in Mudbound. She was good. She was really good. And I hope she does win. I, I hope she... I want her to win. But All I don't right. know. For some reason, I feel like Leslie Manville... Do you want to go next? I want you to go next. You want me... So we're going to go this way now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we keep changing the direction. We're rotating it intentionally. Um, I double down on Allison Janney and I, Tanya. I think really? she, okay. I think she's a standout out of all of these people. I think she's the one who like was the most like different than anything I've ever seen her do before. I feel like it's it she deserves the award. Um Yeah. I, I, I think I think there are two other women who could sneak in there, but um but yeah, I think Allison Janney. I mean to her credit, like the stuff that the like Stuff they showed of interviews. I don't remember most of that stuff happening sure. when it actually happened. I was not very old. Um, but, like, you know, they show, like, clips of the actual, her actual mother yeah. in the end. And she did do a very good job of portraying Capturing her. that, yeah. Yeah. Steve, what you got? Supporting role, right? Yep. Yes, supporting actress. I'm doubling down on Aunt Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just because I love Laurie Metcalf so very much, and I think it would be absolutely awesome if Aunt Jackie won an Oscar. So I'm putting my energy into it. Okay. All right. And Joey. So this is tough for me because I love, love, love Laurie Metcalf. I yeah. had a chance to work with her. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she, I, I have her down to win. She also probably would have been my favorite choice, so I, so I tried to split the difference. Alice and Janie's performance in I, Tanya tickled me. Yeah. So that's why I put I, I split the difference and put my choice to be Alice and Janney. But I but look, notice how I want to say I want Laurie Metcalf to win. But I'm, I you think Laurie Metcalf will win? Yeah. And you want Alice and Janney to win? You yes. want them both to win, I want really? Them both to win. Yeah. But that's how you split it. Yeah. Okay. And is that correct on your sheet? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like let's. Uh, um. Don't mess around. Nineteen twenty actor in a supporting role. Is another tough one. We're getting into the real difficult stuff, guys. Um, oh, who who are we going to start with Who's here? against the wall at this one? Do you want to start with Joey? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll just keep going this way. This is co- this is really complicated. This is where I feel like I have to explain. All no, it's a, no, yeah, that. that's great. That's why people are listening. I was like, well, we were talking about um, three billboards. I was like, I totally put Sam, Sam Rockwell down. I don't know why I didn't. Um. I've doubled down on Willem Dafoe. It's a good bet. Because I didn't see it, and I love him. It's a really good bet. I, I You know, he's he'd be the spoiler. And I, I thought Richard Jenkins was a delight in The Shape of Water. Isn't he I always? Didn't see, I know. I didn't see all the money in the world. Woody Harrelson didn't stand out to me. Sam Rockwell definitely did stand out to me. But I kind of want it, and because I didn't see it, of course, I'm, I'm throwing all my chips into Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. This. All right, all right. Um, I think Woody Harrelson could win this. Okay. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought. Like I said, I only heard it. <laughs> I didn't actually yeah. see it. But um, so Sam Rockwell was the racist. Oh, the one who sort throws of the, sort of the villain. Yeah, throws the guy out the guy window out the window. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. See, I. 
Now you want to change your vote, don't you? I know, I kind of do a little bit, but... Yeah. he has more of an arc. He has a real yeah, arc, and it's yeah. like a real, like... Not just an arc for his character, but an arc for how you perceive that character. Yeah. Especially once you hear the letter. Right. So. Yeah, so... The end of it is so great. The end is so good. And I normally do not like endings like that. Yeah. I am not a fan of... It was yeah. so perfect yeah. in that movie, though. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry, Dis. We cut you off. No, that's okay. I, I, uh, I, you know, it's all about the discussion. But um, anyway, I put that I think Woody Harrelson will win it. I did not see the Florida Project. I did not see all the money in the world. Right. Um, I put that I want Richard Jenkins. To win I mean, it. he's Richard Jenkins, and he, I know, and he was great. so good. Lovely. He yeah. really was. Like, he's he's. He's good. He's just so good. Like, he, yeah. he has a lot of, like, a range of emotions in that movie. Yeah. And just the, he's so beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah. The honesty and the genuineness of that moment was yeah. so, so great. Oh, the cat. Um, oh, <laughs> the oh, man. The cat. Uh, oh, that cat scene. I doubled down on Sam Rockwell. I... Wow. I, I think Willem Dafoe is, like, the dark horse. I think, like, Willem Dafoe could sneak in and get it. But... If it wasn't for Willem Dafoe, I would say, I would say I would eat my hat if Sam Rockwell didn't win. Okay. I we, I will be really really surprised. If he, I'll be glad if he does. It, so. If anybody but Willem Dafoe beats Sam Rockwell, I'm gonna be shocked. A- absolutely shocked. Yeah. All right, that's it. I double down. Okay. Stevo. Well, I couldn't vote for Willem Dafoe because Carpy says, "Don't touch." And if you know that line, no, none of us know what he's talking about. Very disturbed. It's a Willem Dafoe <laughs> line. Okay. Uh, Woody Harrelson, I got nothing against the guy. Yeah. But it's not the, you know, it's not the best actor in that movie. Richard Jenkins, frankly, if he wins for Shape of Water, they're really just apologizing for not giving it to him in Bone Tomahawk. Okay. Christopher Plummer has always scared me. (laughs) So I'm doubling down on Sam Rockwell. This is the best rundown. All right. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I want to say something about Woody Harrelson Um, in this movie. He is the one character I can think of in the film that sort of it, just about anybody can identify with. He's yeah, sort of sure. the normal person in a world He's of crazy. Lovable. He plays it really solidly and really well. You're empathetic towards well, him. He gets to go home to Abby yeah. Cornish at the end of the right. day. For was she, was she using her British accent or not? She's I was Australian. Re- or Australian. I was real 30 confused. 30 years younger than her. I thought, I thought her accent was a little like, I couldn't tell if she was doing Missouri or if she was doing her normal Accent it was really. I was really confused by it. She is a you Australian. Know, and, uh, here's what I'll say. I don't have a Southern accent. Uh-huh. Surprise. Um, <laughs> Where are you from? But when, uh, Montana, <laughs> not Southern. Um, but when we go to Texas and Louisiana, I pick it up. So I wonder if like she wasn't trying to do a Southern accent, but like some of it snuck in there on the side a little because uh, the just it's, other people were doing it in the movie. You know, I don't know. And that's not unlike. See, I thought she was just doing her own Australian accent. So did I. I, I definitely heard Southern occasionally. I was yeah, and that's why I think like maybe it just snuck in there but like kind of like, accidentally. I have a friend who moved to Ireland, and she's been living it now for maybe ten years. But even when she was there for five years, she certain isms came in um my friend who lived in uh new york with a guy with a really strong long island accent started to pick up some of his isms this is interesting this conversation because typically if an actor's accent comes and goes most people you guys are really defending her 
on this. Well, I'm just saying she may not have even realized. But normally, she was doing like it. normally, like when an actor does an accent, like if it was an American Law playing with an American accent is one of the most awful things I've ever heard. Right, but yeah. So like <laughs> typically, typically, or if like an American, American ac- actor does an accent from somewhere else and it comes and goes, people are like, "Oh, his accent came go. It came went. It's terrible." But it's interesting. All and three Gary of you Cole, seem to be defending Gary her. Gary Cole with the British accent. Oh, I like Gary one Cole. One of the worst. Gary yeah. Cole? When did that happen? He did, was it Closer? Is that the name of the show? In uh, Gary Stephen, Cole? Years oh. Ago. And his British accent was just like, Marfor. You're talking, <laughs> <you're> talking <laughs> Lumberg, right? You're talking Gary Cole who plays Harvey Lumberg Birdman? And, he does play Honestly, Harvey Birdman, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Did a British Harvey, accent. Harvey Birdman. Interesting. Closer. Talking the new Mr. Brady? All right. She's in the yeah. movie. And yeah. Jude Law was in the movie, too, right? And Jude Law and Clive Owen and uh, Julia Bobberts. All right. So. Did you say Julia Bobberts? <laughs> <laughs> I've never even thought about that. I love it. So Wait, do we get yeah. everybody's on that one? Uh, yeah, I doubled down on Rockwell. Okay. my own breath. That was not Was that a fireball? Actor in a leading role. I'll, why don't I start on this one, I guess. Do it. Uh, I believe Gary Oldman's going to win. I'm. It's another one of those I'll eat my hat kind of situations if someone beats him. However, I don't want him to win. I, you know what? I'm not. I'm never really a big fan of people who are doing impressions of of real life people who we have video and audio evidence of. I, like, but you can mimic. like, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of just mimicking them because you're not creating that character. You're just pretending. I don't know. I don't know. See, this is how I feel about costume for historical movies. Like, it yeah. feels less creative to me than creating something that's fi- fictional. But there's a real challenge in making things an accurate representation of another time period, and I think, and I think that's the defense in that. I under, I totally get what you're saying, yeah. and you're not wrong to think that at all. I um, but I do think that there's this this other sort of challenge that goes into it, and you know, utilizing realistic fabrics and I, I mean, to talk to a costume designer, I think they probably have a better <laughs> take on it. That. I mean, you've seen how I dress; it's not going to be talking <laughs> about fashion. Uh, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's the same for for. You know, doing an impression like if if Gary Oldman did a really bad impression of yeah, you would be like, him, oh. then we'd be like, well, feel if somebody's putting something. I'm out. not saying I'm not saying he didn't do a good job. And sure, I'm. Just yeah. I just don't. I just don't like it as much. I still think he's going to win, and I think he's going to win because he did a fantastic, damn, damn fine job of of playing this character. He's not the one I want to win. Who do you want to win? Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Oh. I thought I he, <laughs> this kid came out of nowhere for me. I he he's absolutely brilliant. I, I think he's he's so he's got like such a soft touch to character, and he's likable and believable, and he's got life, and he, I, it just he, he's a really special actor. I t- Totally. Even in even in um, Lady Bird, I thought he was really really good, and it's such a complete departure from his character in Call so Me by Your Name. Like, was he the douchebag in Lady Bird? And I was like, I don't even remember him in Lady. He's come. He's so different. Yeah, wow. he's very different. I should watch Lady Bird again. Um, so yeah, so I picked Gary Oldman to win. I really, if anybody's going to beat him, I really hope 
Timothy Chalamet does because he's so so freaking good. I did I did recently read a thing about about um, you know the Academy has sort of forgotten the fact that Gary Oldman and I don't know the story, but Gary Oldman is a as an abuser, um, and of I assume I don't know women. I don't know. I, heard, I don't know the story. I've heard rumors. Um, uh, but, but I think it's like it's supposed to be like well documented that he did stuff. Yeah, and he's very pro Sean. And so, so, so one one writer I read was like, "Give it to the kid," because the Academy's sort of forgotten it. Or, you know, Gary Oldman's had his time, and they're sort of forgetting this thing. You know, and the, whereas this kid is like a breath of fresh air. True that. But, but anyways, so uh, Steve, I guess it's your. Since I went first, I'm gonna say three words. Yeah. Double down, Lewis. Okay. <laughs> you think it's like this is his last hurrah? They're gonna give it he to him. He says he's retiring, which I believe to be a ruse. I believe it's a ruse as well. well I don't know if it's a ruse, but I, I don't think it'll stick. This is my prediction. Yeah. He might mean it now, but <laughs> this is my prediction. Daniel Day Lewis gets up there and he's like, "I have a retirement in me. I don't like <sighs> to see other people retire." No. He's going to get up there. He's going to, you know, he's made this whole thing about how he's retiring. Yeah. And then in like five to ten years, a movie's going to come out. And we're going to have absolutely no idea that Daniel Day-Lewis is in it at all. Yeah. And then he's like, going to be in it. And then like Tom Cruise in freaking Tropic Thunder. Sure. He's going to show up in, in a super deep disguise. Right. And then ten minutes into his performance, it's going to start dawning on people. Is that Daniel yeah, you still Lewis? wouldn't know it was him. Exactly. Because I mean, like, so many people did not know that was Tom Cruise until like the very end of that movie. It's like and he's doing I think, Kaufman, his career. I think Lewis is working on a huge ruse. People are like, people to are going to be like, a nice long break and Ray then Fiennes? just... That's Ray Fiennes, right? <laughs> into something. That's yeah, so yeah, funny. exactly. Is that... Did Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson have a baby? <laughs> and that baby's wearing prosthetic. No, I, re- I really think it's a ruse. She I can't imagine that he's retiring. But if it's a ruse, and if I turn out to be right, it'll be the first time I've ever been right about anything. All right. <laughs> so you double down. Double down, Lewis. All right. I put down that Gary Oldman was going to win, but my pick was Timothy. Yes. Mm. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Me too. I was, I, by the way, I watched the movie and I'm, I was supposed to go out on like a brunch date after with this guy for the first time and I'm, I'm getting, I'm like, okay, just start putting my makeup on towards the end of the movie and I'm like, oh God, oh God, this fucking movie. And I start walking in circles and I was like, no, not right now, not right now. I'm not going to cry. And then I was like, oh God. Oh my god, this movie! Like, this is what I actually sounded like. Why didn't you just push stop? I couldn't. It's wow. so good. Before you, before you, I'm going to talk about the tweet that I saw the, the uh, skier or the snowboarder that fell um, at the Olympic yes! Games, oh and he he tweeted a, a selfie of him in the mirror oh with god. his nasty bruise all oh, over his side the of his ass. Oh, the guy who like hit the top of the half pipe. I mean, like, uh, I, don't I don't know, but this bruise oh, is like it's, it's nasty, larger than a football. Like it's he's, huge. His tweet was his tweet was a photo of him with the bruise, and his tweet was, um, "I haven't seen a peach this destroyed since Timothy Chalamet." Oh, <laughs> <me> my- <laughs> that's hilarious! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's like the best tweet I've ever seen." That's funny. <laughs> it was really funny. Viewers, if you haven't watched it yet, please watch it. <laughs> Yeah, get over yourself. <laughs> and he's in that weird 
room. It's like it's dusty and funky. Like and he's a kid. Room. Kids like do throw stupid. shit on the, on yeah. the floor. Yeah. yeah. You mean? Can you imagine the dishes I left under my bed? I mean, seriously. Come on. Not to mention, I mean. 17 year old kid he's whipping dna out all over the place <laughs> <laughs> that room is covered uh, okay Des, your turn okay total total aside i'm currently working on designs for a student housing college oh. apartments uh-huh. and like everything that we're talking about right now about how teenagers just destroy shit is has everything to do with how we're designing this building oh, yeah. and it's like it's like not only are the these teenagers but they're the target market is rich teenagers who give even less of a yeah. shit because it is not their money oh, that gets wow. right. spent when shit gets themselves. and like and when they, when they break shit their parents just pay for it so it's like it has to be so indestructible. Wow, Which is funny because but look like luxury. I live in loft style. I'll talk to you about it later. Yeah. Like. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Right. Total, totally aside. Um, okay. Actor in a leading role. This might come as a shock. It's a big big shock coming right. Okay. I picked Gary Oldman. Oh, no. I'm so surprised. Uh, and as my one, I Sorry, picked Tim Til- Timothy Shelley. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I think Gary, Gary Oldman did, like I said, I think if he did a terrible job, you know, you it would be like all anybody could talk about. But he did such a good job, and I think it's Im- important mm-hmm. for, you know, portraying that character to to do such a good job yeah. and and you know i'm sure part of that goes to the casting in general like yeah um but yeah i think i think he did a really good job i think he probably will win i really want timothy chalamet to win um he's so good in that movie and that movie is so good yeah well, let's <laughs> real quick let's talk about the two other um the two other actors nominated just this is a big a big category um daniel kaluuya, kaluuya from get out and black panther Black Panther, but that's not relevant to this. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, he was not the standout for me in Get Out no, performance. Was great, but... He was great, but I, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who played Andre, who was the dude in the straw hat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you've good, seen um, Atlanta, the um, I love that, that TV show. He's so good on Atlanta, and it's so completely different from. Totally. Get out. So it's like, I like it when we can see the stark contrast in performances. Yeah. To really show somebody's range. Um, and then, uh, unless anybody else has something to say about Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't think he did a bad job. I no, no, no. I agree. Yeah, I'll just... yeah, I don't think he can win over Gary Oldman. Uh, yeah. Uh, Denzel. Denzel. Um, Roman J. Israel Esquire is actually really much more interesting didn't get great reviews it's very mixed it was like 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes um, wow I liked the movie more than I thought I was going to uh, I the trailer tricked me because the character um, wears his hair kind of kind of in a fro mm-hmm. and his clothes are a little too big and they're they're dated they're like 1970s ish and the music is is also period centric so when i saw the trailer i thought the movie took place over like 30 years mm-hmm. and the movie takes place over about uh three weeks mm. in modern day <laughs> like with, oh. with like iphones and stuff so he's just wearing super <laughs> yeah clothes. it's just the the soundtrack happens to be this way and his clothing and his style is like he's sort of a relic from civil rights movement mm-hmm. and um 
but I, I thought it was a really interesting story. I like law stories, and it's it's kind of a lawyer story. Um, then you're gonna love Molly's game. But you know, it's Denzel being Denzel. Although he's he's flawed in a very interesting way, um, and there's some really interesting choices. I don't know if it was him or the director or what, but like he only eats peanut butter sandwich. Like you, the only thing you really ever see the guy eat pretty much in the entire film is peanut butter sandwich. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's worth it for him. Okay. Actress in a leading role. Who wants to start? Who wants to start? start? Desi starts. Um, yeah. Again, it is really hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Meryl Streep is so good in the post. Um, I saw a head She shake. is. She just is. Like, Again, it's that, like, playing a real character, like, you have to do it justice, you know? It's so hard because it's, it's, Meryl Streep is so good that you just want to be like, it's Meryl doing what Meryl does. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and there's you know? something interesting about playing a character that, that is not really that in the public eye. Right, You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, versus Winston Churchill has, like, famous, you know, yeah. speeches and stuff mm-hmm. recorded. Yeah, so. you still want to like be able to do that character justice and like p- portray it. And and how do you watch them well. struggle with complexity, right? Right. Yeah, and then that the fact that that character is sort of shut down at every turn by by men and expectation and and worried for her own uh, uh, performance, like performance and safety and confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting to see her take the turn later in the film. And it's kind of like, uh, like you finally kind of what you're so excited yeah. for her. Um. Okay, so like I said, hard category. I think Frances McDormand could win it. Um. You Wait, know, is that your pick? Or? That's what I think will oh, win. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I was confused. You said could. I was like, is that her pick? Or I think that's, that's what will. Sure. I think that's what will win. But yeah, that's that's like it's so yeah. hard to pick in this category. But I think that she'll win it. Her performance is fantastic, and that movie is really kind of nothing without her performance. Like, she's this central character. Like, everything she hinges she on. Yeah, yeah, everything hinges on her character and her, you know, playing that character well. Um, I want Sally Hawkins to win it. Um, not just because I love Ship of Water so much, but it, it it's, you know, from the tiny amount of, you know, high school acting that I've done, it's got to be so difficult to play a role with that much emotion and that much, like, you know, power and passion without saying any words. Like, she has almost no dialogue, you know? Except for... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Does she have any dialogue? Well, she 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 sings. She sings, okay, yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a dream sequence almost. Right. Um, I, I I think it's an interesting choice. I think, um, you know, the, I just signed fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the listeners. The, uh, that was funny. What did she sign? The choice, her, choosing her, uh, from what I understand, Del Toro wrote this for her. He Mm -hmm. saw her in, it's a little insulting um, when you think about it. What was that other movie? Uh, Paddington Bear? Holly Go Lightly? I don't think it was Paddington. She's great in Paddington. Um, She is great in Paddington. I don't even like her. Um, (laughs) 
which I will get to in a moment. Sorry. I, I, now it's going to bother me. Holly Go Lightly. She like almost won an Oscar. She might have won an Oscar for that a few years ago. No. No. Happy. What was that movie called? Happy Go Lucky or Holly Go Lightly? I don't think it was Maudie. I don't think it was. That's right. She was in Maudie. Paddington. She was in Happy Go Lucky? Yeah. I'm I'm like. I'm like. (laughs) All the phones are coming out. 41% certain. I'm wondering if that's the movie I'm even. So he he had seen her um, and then uh, was at some either a premiere party or an award party or something where she was there and he was apparently drunk and was like trying to explain this movie this oh, idea yeah. that he had to her and how he was like had written it for her and wanted her to play it um <laughs> every think, actress's dream some drunk guy being like i will i will be in my movie yeah. like <laughs> so part of it was but the door he wanted to, to cast somebody who was unconventionally beautiful yeah and i think there's also something that's brilliant in how expressive and how big her eyes are yeah. and that goes a really really long way to allowing somebody to not not have to speak yeah to 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 move to show expression and, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so i, I, think, I want I her to point. i want her to win it um because you know i like i said it's this gotta be so fucking difficult yeah to do that role as well as she did um so yeah that's my picks I uh I picked Frances McDormand. Yeah, she was just so, especially in a climate of needing. I mean, a, a lot of these women represent this, but a climate of strong women being like coming to the forefront, like demanding justice. Yeah, she was just such a powerhouse yeah. in the 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 character and the performance. Um, I also said I want Sally Hawkins to win. Um. I want that because sort of some of the same reasons. I think the challenge of not just um, not being able to speak, but actually having to essentially learn at least for your lines, another language, which she had to with the sign language Um, and to be able to believably convince the audience that she's expressing dialogue to another creature, not just another human being. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is really impressive to me. Yeah. So. Um, one thing I was going to say, too, about uh, Frances McDormand. Yeah. Um, is that she, for for all of the, you know, like, the power and the, like, demanding justice and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the, just emotion and her, like, outrage, she is also flawed. Like, she's. Deeply flawed. And, and it, that's important to the story. And I think it's also important to the message like now like you know i think a lot of women get stuck in this like well i i can't be that strong person because i'm you know flawed this way or that way or whatever you know like i think i think there are sometimes we let our perceived flaws hold us back and so i think that's an important part of her character right that they show that part of it too you know it's not just like oh she's this badass you know well Well, yeah i mean it was like they they humanize her integral to the story yeah yeah exactly and i got the feeling that besides wanting justice um she 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 deserved justice and she felt she deserved justice but i got the feeling that she didn't feel like she deserved anything else Mm. right and and I, i 
in no other scene was it more apparent than when she's having dinner with Peter Dinklage's character and he's yeah. like sort of expresses the same I think feelings that she's feeling which causes her to take the wine over to the other people but um yeah I think it's I think it was a really moving performance mm-hmm. Steve tough category tough category agreed I don't think Sally Hawkins is going to win it because she didn't have to memorize any lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She oh, really Steve. did do a great job in there. Um, Frances McDormand, not going to win it because, hey, big deal. She played a lady from Fargo up north. Now she's playing a lady down south. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Frances McDormand. She's absolutely wonderful. Since Dark Man, baby. Uh-huh. And before. Um, Margot Robbie, maybe a little too new. Hard to say. I want Zorsha Ronan to win. Zorsha, like inertia. <laughs> I pronounce it with a Z. You didn't. Uh, you didn't watch the Saturday Night Live with her in it, apparently. She says Zorsha. Zorsha, like inertia. She has heard she, her on a, WTF. She said Zorsha. She, she does a whole song about how to say it. Zorsha, like inertia. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, this was a real tough category. So I put a star next to Zorsha Ronan to win, or that I want to win, but I think. Probably going to win is the First Lady of Hollywood. Interesting. Miss Meryl Streep. Interesting. Not because uh, I I saw the post, but I just think Streep's always a pretty safe bet. Wait, you didn't see the post? I haven't seen it yet. Uh. I'm pretty ashamed of myself because I really, really wanted to see it and I just keep putting it off. We saw it. The post. Mm -hmm. Of course we saw it, Wesley. Is it Steven Spielberg? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess eventually in, you know, six years, you guys will get to it on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Right. Josephine. I'm with you guys. I uh, I went Francis McDormand to win, and my pick, again, it was my splitting two people that I wanted to win, was Sally Hawkins. Gotcha. All right. <clears throat> when I saw the, for, I just have, need to say this, when I saw the first preview for Three Billboards, it came out, the preview came out way before the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, when is this movie going to come? I remember I was like, yeah. holding my fist on the armrest. I was so excited to see that movie. And then it just felt like it never came out. Yep. Then boom, it was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> and I'm like, where the hell has it been? Yeah. And then we got screeners. And then I got my screener. Yeah. So. Yeah, it did take forever. That's my thought. Moving on. All right. Is that every category? No, we got two more. Two? Calm directing. Um, Joey, you want to start directing? You know, I went, I doubled down on The Shape of Water just because I felt there was a lot of talk about Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said, I, I just don't think Lady Bird and Get Out are, Paul Thomas Anderson was a thought and I didn't see Dunkirk. Don't call him a thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I didn't know what, I didn't, this was tough for me. Yeah, it's a tough category. Because I really, I loved what Paul Thomas Anderson did in, uh, but this is, a, again, this is an Academy thing that I'm like, I'm just going to give them both to Guillermo. Sure. Uh, let's go this this way on this one. Steve? I want Phantom Thread to win, because I just, I feel like I'll probably wind up in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie before any of these other directors. Yeah. Um, but I think Dunkirk is probably going to win. Okay. So you want Phantom Thread, but you think Dunkirk. But the Oscar goes to Dunkirk. Your favorite. I picked 
<laughs> just totally ignoring you. <laughs> yeah, it was Bane now. I just I was born into Oscar. Uh, so for for directing, I picked Guillermo del Toro. I I think he's got a ton of momentum. Um, he's winning a lot of awards and, uh, just so it's really clear what the vision was in the shape Mm -hmm. of water and, and it was done, I mean, expertly well. I mean, even if, even if it's a story we've kind of seen before, um, done with like a a movie monster instead of whatever, um, it, it just... It's just really enthralling, and his love of cinema is yeah, present there, totally. and it's just, yeah. I guess they, I think the premiere, or one of the special screenings they did, um, was uh, actually at the theater that they shot the inside of the theater scenes, so the audience was oh, watching cool. the movie in the theater, so they were, like, seeing the theater that they were literally sitting in. Oh, wow. That's know, cool. kind of cool That's idea. Very cool. Yeah, he just has this a real appreciation for that kind of stuff, and I just there's there's one thing. That, actually, there's a couple more things, real quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I saw Pan's Labyrinth, I was kind of I was grossed out by it because, of course, it's this kind of grotesque grossness. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I didn't watch a lot of the movie. Like my hands, were, um, <laughs> oh, wow. my face, and I think I plugged my yeah. ears for it because he also uses sound a lot. Even yeah. Really, like with the fingers with Michael Shannon's character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate that. I'm like, I don't want to, it grosses me out. And I get that it's done on a fantastical level. And so when I was watching Pan's Labyrinth, I'm like, there's only so much of this I can freaking watch. But at the end of the movie, I could have a completely different take on whatever this meant. At the end of the movie, when you realize basically that the, the girl, the female Wait, wait, are you talking about Shape of Water? Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. You realize that the confused. girl had died. Yeah. And... To me, I, I looked at the movie as, oh my God, this is the way she had to translate how all these horrific things were happening in front of her. Mm-hmm. And that's when all the like, uh, what, I don't get the weird blah, blah, blah movie. Why does it have to be done in this fashion? And I went, to me, that's why it made sense to me. And then I started gushing like a waterfall. Yeah. I just bawled my eyes out like, because yeah. I thought, what a beautiful way to turn a horrific situation into still something that is grotesque but fantastical at the same way yeah. so that the yeah. young brain can process it yeah. even though she dies and she meets her monster at the end of right. the right. thing. But, but, and also the one other thing about him, there's a, there's a list of like the 10 movies Guillermo del, del Toro. I can't say his name is like a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro. Um, like his top 10 movies that you should see. Yeah. I don't, I think I've seen one. No, oh, wow. <laughs> of his movies or movies that he likes. Movies that he likes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like have a really influenced him. Yeah, but it's you should take a look at the list. Well, to, to your point about the um, the way to sort of tell like a horrific story, we watched recently last month. We watched this movie called Bang Bang Baby with Jane Levy, mm. and oh it's God. like a 1960s musical. Um, but it's the setting is like um, like a melodramatic um, kind of trauma esque B movie. Mm. Um, dealing with mutants, um, but at its heart, it's that's not what it's actually dealing with. So I recommend if you Thanks. like that sort of twist. Yeah. It's not like the best movie ever or anything. But it's like, but it's fun different and like kind of kitschy. But then like also deals with this sort of serious issue. It's, yeah, and it's different. And it's Jane Levy, who I, I love. Jane Levy, she's I'm great. Bang, bang, um, and it's kind of baby. a musical, and I love musicals, so you know. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so I picked Shape of Water to win. 
but it's not the one I want to win. I want Jordan Peele to win. And I think that there's a real shot that he's the dark horse. And I didn't mean to say it like that, but um, that he's the he underdog, that he's the underdog uh, and that he's going to come away with this. I think, the, I think the Academy could surprise us with a Jordan Peele win. Mm, I, nice. I could see them rallying behind him. Because that's what it would be. Absolutely, it would be yeah. the academy rallying behind him, yeah. saying we we see what you're doing, we, we understand, this, and yeah. yeah, we we support it and we'll honor it. So, okay. uh, does uh, I think Phantom Thread could win, but I haven't seen it, so I really don't know. <laughs> take it. Like yeah. again, there's like, a lot of talk that a... like people in the industry really yeah. thought it was a really special work of like a masterpiece for Paul Thomas Anderson. Andrew Yawning. Sorry. We're almost um, there. Look, I One I was category. drinking. So now it's pass out time. Oh, I know. You this is this how mess. I work. I didn't do this. You <laughs> it, it was not Wes's decision at all for me to drink. Um have we gone over? Okay. Almost. Uh so I think Phantom Thread could win. There's been so much talk about it. Even though I haven't seen it, I think you could win. I've seen all of the other of these movies. All of the... Bre- anyway. <laughs> um, I want Shape of Water to win. Okay. It's... it's. You think it'll be Phantom Thread? I think it'll be Phantom Thread. Maybe Paul Thomas Anderson. You want Guillermo del Toro. I want Guillermo del Toro. I... I like Guillermo del Toro. Like, I like other stuff that he's done. Like, Devil's Backbone. So, uh, Devil's Backbone. So freaking good. But I like that he did something that's not really a horror like there are you know it's inspired by but not actually right and like there are elements of it that are kind of horrific and there's you know some even some like gore in it a little bit but it's at its heart a sweet romantic fantasy and and i i like seeing his style applied to that type of story it's yeah more in my wheelhouse all right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's hard to say his name because some L's are are not L's and yeah. others are. But like, then you're expected to say Dell. Dell. So it's like a real conflict of. And then in the R again. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, best picture. We made it. We're gonna start Whoa. with Steve. We're gonna go this way. I want to be last. <laughs> well. My personal pick would be Phantom Thread, even though I haven't seen it. Okay, because you like Paul Thomas Anderson. But the other day I found a Phantom Thread, and I picked it up and started following it, and it led me all the way to Dunkirk! Oh my gosh. You're you're hot and bothered over Dunkirk. Dunkirk's going to win! Okay. That's that. (laughs) And the one you want is Phantom Thread. And I want Phantom Thread. All right. Joey, best picture. Double down on Phantom Thread. Double down. That's interesting. It's a good choice. You know what's going to piss me off is if Phantom Thread gets director and Shape of Water wins for best picture. I think it's very split. Uh I just thought it was a masterpiece. I really do, and I know I understand why people didn't, why some people were disappointed by it, but not to me. To me, it was like watching an amazing piece of theater on screen. Yeah, it had an original uh, uh, story to it, and it felt like it was adapted from a novel to me. All right. And I thought it had that. It took that kind of care. All right. All right. All right. Um, 
Best I think <laughs> there's only one movie on here that I didn't see. Right? Wait, you didn't well, see okay. Three Billboards? I didn't totally see Three Billboards, but I at least heard And you didn't see Phantom it, Thread. And I did not see Phantom Thread. Um, you did good. All the rest of these, I liked all of them. <laughs> they were all good. Yeah. Um, I put that I think The Post could win. I think The Post will win. Interesting. I know it's a little bit of a dark horse, but I think... I'm making the face, same face Joey's making, I, I think. think that, I think because of its relevance right now, mm. like the, the censorship of media is... It's it's weird. Like we're having the opposite opposite issue right now, where there's too much uncensored media that is crap, that's garbage. That's like, you know, it's weird. It's I think I think that even though it's it's so hard to explain. Like I I, I get what you're saying. I've had the same thought. My counter argument is I don't think Hollywood. I don't think that's a cause they care as much about as others. Well, um, I really, I, I think you could be wrong because, I mean, it literally is. I mean, it's. I know it's in Hollywood is not news, but it is media. And no, I like, get it, but I censorship think, of. I think like Hollywood traditionally, especially and especially right now, is all about um, personal injustice that actually affects the greater good, and I don't. I don't think like the Washington Post is really looked at as that favorably, even by Hollywood people. I don't think um, right. And 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 today, I don't think the Washington Post like it's. I think people are really conflicted about the Washington Post. So you know, like I understand what you're saying. I just don't think it's a cause Hollywood cares that much about. But I would love it if I was wrong and you were right. Because well, I would too. Because yeah. I would love to rub it in your face. But I, I thought I was like, because I had family who lived in New York, and I was like, isn't the Post kind of the bastard stepchild of the? Well, that's the New York yeah. Post. Oh, it's not the Washington. Post. Yeah, Washington Post, Post is Woodward okay. and Bernstein. Okay, okay. but they all, okay. you know, they, they haven't always been perfect either. Well, no, well, no, and they no. were. Well, New and York I think Post that was the thing. Like that this was, was the point of the movie. Was yeah, they, like this was the thing that kind of. No, they were they were being they were being completely just like belittled by the New York Times essentially, and, and they were not that's what the point seriously. of the movie is that this was like their chance to like break away from that and become a national paper. But I, um, it's the similarities are interesting. You know, the idea that like they wouldn't have access to anything at the White House um because the white house because they wrote things that were unfavorable to the president yeah, and his so family they like, were like that's bleh. i get that that's really identifiable right now yeah um i don't think it's a big enough cause the the other the other thing in this movie that i think could yeah make it is the the uh the feminism side of it the the side of it you know that will speak to women who are still yeah. I feel like if the character had been stronger I'd buy, I'd buy that but so so this is what I was trying to kind of trying to say um, when I was talking about the other one like I think that there is still like I think that women even though like we want to be empowered and we want to um, you know show that we can do whatever we want there's still like a weird like 
tiptoeing around it when it comes to the practical application. Like, like just as an example, if I'm in a meeting that is all men, because I do, that happens a lot, you know, we work with construction companies and architects and then there are a lot, it's very male dominated sometimes. There are definitely times when I pick my battles, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you know, when I'm like, this person is interrupting us or, you know, repeating what we're saying as if it's their own idea. Sure. And sometimes you just let it go because it's not, you feel like it's not worth it. You felt like the movie, like, spoke to you on a level as a woman. Yeah, right, yeah. And I think that 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 could be what could push it over the edge. That's interesting. That, That at some point she just was like, this is my paper this is my decision. That's what's happening. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she got past that sort of like reluctance to to get past stir, like to, a woman's place to stir the, the water. You know, to to like shake things up. Right. So that's the one you think will win. That's the one that I think could win. I w- I want Call Me by Your Name to win. It's so good. And mm-hmm. the 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 big the main thing about it because because like you know we talked about Lady Bird and how like it's not that. We've seen this story before. It's not anything super original. And on some levels, you could say the same thing about Call Me By Your Name, except that it doesn't have, there's there's not, you know, you're you're waiting for that other shoe to drop the whole movie, and it kind of doesn't. Like, it does, but, like, it's not like this crushing, like. In the Lady Bird? No, in, in, Call, Me in Call Me By Your Name. I was crushed by Call Me By Your Name. I'll it, get that in a second. But that's the thing, like, like <laughs> it's not like. It's sad and it's bittersweet, but like you get this feeling like life will move on. Like it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, it's in the credits. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. That's, yeah, he has that moment as the credits. Yeah, role. yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, like, okay, like this is shitty, but life will go on. And like that, the content of that story that we've seen so many other times, like ends like in this horrible, tragic, crushing thing. Yeah. And, and as, Often, as I'm sure that 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 is the truth in that situation, yeah. that it's it's this horrible, crushing, tragic thing. It's nice to to see that like it isn't always. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Anyway, also it's just so good. I just um, like it. <laughs> so I picked, I believe the winner, and I believe the best movie last year. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I think it's the best i mean i think it's made really really well um i think it has an important message i think for some of the same things you were talking about for the post as far as like female empowerment yeah. um about empowerment in general um yeah like i mean even even sam rockwell's character like has to find like empowerment and he finds that through that letter right um to like figure out who he's really wants to be or supposed to be um or what his potential is um, but I also think it's the most accessible of a lot of these films. Um, and I think that goes a long way when you talk about like a best picture, mm-hmm. like can, can a large group of people identify with the characters in this film and understand what they're going through and sort of go on this journey with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think the shape of water could steal it from them. It's not my pick. 
um, there's something, and this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. Um, besides all of the imagery and the color stuff, um, and just the besides the performance of Sally Hawkins, the choice to take away the protagonist's voice and have a woman of color and a gay man speak on behalf on behalf of her in the 1960s mm-hmm. i think is huge mm-hmm. and i think yeah. i think it's a subtlety that a lot of people overlook when they see the movie and i think um uh it makes it a really unique and um important film mm-hmm. in that aspect um but i think three billboards is a better made movie i think i think it's the one that probably should win the one I want to win is Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Just just absolutely fucking crushed me. Um, I was like, as you can tell you, I was just in tears. Just like the idea that like for however many months this kid could actually be who he really was. And yeah. then just have. And his parents be. And have his parents. Supportive. Yeah. And just yeah. like really have his world completely opened up. Not in a sexual awakening way, but in a in a realistic like. I can, I can also that too, but, but, but more so in a way of like, I can just breathe. I can actually live in my own skin for once and to have the spoiler alert, to have that taken away just absolutely floored me. And I was in tears. I just, it just crushed me and it's not done for those who haven't seen it. It's not done in a way that I'm probably making it sound for those who haven't seen it. So please watch the movie. Um, it's, it's so moving. Apparently yeah. there's a moment, you know, the, the, the moment when the dad and, and he are sitting down talking. I have to ask what you guys thought of this. Does mom know? And I was like, I started bawling as soon as he called yeah. mom to pick him up because I was like, she, of course she knows. So when he said, no, she doesn't, I was like, what? I think she's hmm. That's one maybe thing. deep down she knows, but she's not letting herself admit it. Um, I don't think so. I th- really? I don't know. I think the dad... Joey's I think microphone the... is dead. Oh, no. <gasps> Joey's Joey. microphone died. Heyo. Share with Joey. Share with Joey. Oh. Did you turn it back on when you came in? I did. Okay. Um, this battery's mute off. Joey's mic. It's on. It says it's on. Can you hear me at all? That's, you're not showing... not reading. You're not showing up over here. Well, let me just say this. Start um, over. No, yeah, okay. set the whole thing over. So really quick, because I got to get my butt out We're of here. We're here till dawn. But um, the two things was was that I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on. And the other one was people, uh, a friend of mine said, oh, yeah, I heard there's argument about how the dad was basically saying he was gay, too. And I was like, no, he's just talking about finding the love I of his life. I thought. I actually think the dad was saying he was gay, too. I thought it was questionable. I think he, he could have been saying that, but it wasn't so super clear to me like like i think you know that i was like why open that can right now and then i was like oh is it because this is what this is what guys have been doing just marrying people and like, <laughs> I that's think, kind of a big thing to admit to your son i think it's the realization that like like what you do is you're in the closet like the, he just had this thing what's your your cup down there um he had this thing taken away from him and and yeah. you know and I, and I think the mom knew um, – I don't know that 
they felt it was it would okay sorry it's just trying to form my thoughts on this i haven't read the book so i don't know okay so there there could be something i'm missing completely just from based on the movie the feeling and the question i the feeling i get is that um it's easier for him to live a lie if the mo- if he thinks the mom doesn't know um but if everybody in the family knows then it would be e- it would be just easy for him to be himself again. So, for the sake of like having all that taken away, I think that's the feeling I got. At least, does that make sense? I think so. This is a more conversation, but sure. When we have more hours in the evening, yeah. <laughs> we haven't already been what? recording a podcast for three hours. Four hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we goofed off for an hour. I don't know what you're talking about. All we right. weren't goofing. I so, mean, it took us a while, but we weren't goofing. So that's it. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Let's just recap Woo-hoo! everybody's... I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will... I'll tally this up on the 4th. And uh, I guess whoever you agree with the most, just pick that person's picks and go with them. You know it's me. I'm just joking. I, 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 I'd be really happy if it's Desi. Because she's sort of the the least film centric of the three of us. Yeah, dark horse. or four of us. I mean, <laughs> the dark horse to win this. <laughs> so it'd be it'd be neat for Desi to win. Yeah, but okay. So that's it for this episode. Plus, oh, um, the next episode will be the fifteenth. It will be Steve and I. Whoa! We actually pre-recorded, so we already know what we watched. What did we watch? We watched The Quiet Man. Not quiet enough. <laughs> and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Not close enough. You guys, Wes just wants Nobody can hear me you, to Joe. win so that he can say that he really he won because he taught, taught me everything I know about film. <laughs> you, you form your own opinions. That's hilarious. That's all you. <laughs> all right, everyone. Until next time, Bon Cinema. <laughs>